Hi, I'm Elizabeth Noyce, and you're listening to Supergirl Radio. I think the CW are just trying to win the time slot war with Supergirl Radio. Supergirl Radio is going live every night of the week. How do you like it? It's being, becoming a human burrito, a plus or a minus. I don't know. It does seem snug. I mean, they say you are what you eat. Oh, oh no. <laughs> so I do a podcast called Supergirl Radio, and one of our segments is Lena Luther boardroom or ballroom. Because really? She looks like a boss in this coat. Nasty Luther, like a different Luther. It's not just Lena being mean. No. <laughs> Helen Slater here. It's so fun to know that you're hosting a podcast called Supergirl Radio. Welcome to Supergirl Radio, your source for all things related to the CW Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Morgan Glennon. And for this episode of the podcast, we are live and wired to discuss and review the Supergirl Season 6 episode titled Truth or Consequences. But uh, we have some pretty big news. Actually, we got a lot of news, but one, lot one, news. one bit of news that's really really important above all of the others so uh <laughs> before we get talking about the episode we need to get to the news so our first news item is actually a spoiler for star girl season two episode 13 so we'll give you a few seconds to drop out and come back if you don't want to have the finale ruined for you so you know just you can just Pop out, pop back in. Give us, I don't know like, how, give us like how long we'll be. 10 minutes, 10, give us 15 like 10 minutes. minutes because Maybe we're 30 gonna, minutes. I don't know. I, I might know. be screaming about this. <laughs> I've, uh, I'm really, I've been working on it. I've been kind of noodling over it since I found out this thing happened. I'm <laughs> you know, just trying to like process my, like all the stages of grief, basically. Is what I'm I'm, I think I'm still at anger or bargaining, maybe. <laughs> Uh, I've not made it to acceptance, so it could be a while. <laughs> so, okay, I think that was enough for people to dip out. Yeah, spoiler warning. Warning. Spoiler. 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 Okay. In the post-credit sequence of DC Stargirl se- season finale, text appeared on the screen saying "Coming 2022," and then the words "The Helix Institute for Your Rehabilitation," oh, and then for for you through rehabilitation. For, oh, I, okay. I, I, Oh, I it did have... say oh, more. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I was like, for my rehabilitation? <laughs> well, you might Sweet. need rehabilitation. <laughs> I do. I do now. <laughs> so, so the words, the Helix Institute for Youth Rehabilitation. And then Louise Love was shown talking to someone about Green Lantern's daughter. The camera circled around Louise Love. And revealed Mr. Bones, (laughs) full skeleton, sharp tie, gloves to protect others from his cyanide sweat. So uh, previously, Stargirl had hinted that Mr. Bones would be heading to Nebraska in season three to cause trouble. And now it seems that has been confirmed. We got a full skeleton man. (laughs) They did it. They did it. They They could do it. They could do it all along. <laughs> he looks amazing. Uh, amazing. I, I just just to tell you a, a little bit about my experience <laughs> finding out about this because I typically I watch Stargirl after Supergirl usually. So 
So I had not watched the full finale episode, but usually when Supergirl's about to start, I'll put the CW on a couple of minutes before so that I'm ready to go when the episode starts. Yeah, so I, I was kind of just seeing what was kind of happening at the end of Stargirl. And I looked up and I saw the words about the rehabilitation, uh, the Helix thing. And I was like, oh, this might be important. So <laughs> I, I started watching it. This could be Bones related. <laughs> yes, exactly. And when it start, when it showed the gloves, <gasps> Morgan, I started, I started to flip out. I started to lose it. I was like, no, they're not going to do, they, it. They they do it. They're they not doing. They're not doing it. They can't. I, I can't imagine they're going to do it. And it came around. It was Bones, and I was screaming. <laughs> I, I was freaking out. So uh, I saw that it was happening a- like live on Twitter, and then pe- <laughs> people were texting me like, "Did you see it?" And I was like, "Why, <laughs> Mr. Bones?" I like that he's a Mister. He's not a director yet. He's no, got to climb yet. that ladder. Yeah, he's got to put in. He's got to pay his dues. He's got to put in his time before he gets to director. Um, he could have been director of the DEO. We could have had it all. I mean, um, it, it, this shows Stargirl has proven that it can be done. Just a single <laughs> tear rolls down my cheek. I just, <laughs> just can't deal with it. I just, uh, Rebecca, I just can't. Why? Why? I'm, so it's, like, it's bittersweet. I'm really happy that this has happened. So happy for Stargirl. But so happy for Supergirl her. Supergirl could have done <laughs> Stargirl, hashtag blessed uh, <laughs> with Director Bones. Uh, meanwhile, no, that can't happen on on this show, on our show, where he belongs. <laughs> oh, man. I, my, my hype level was through the roof at the top of the hour. <laughs> By the end of the hour, it was a different story. But at the beginning... I was like, I can't. How am I supposed to focus on this Supergirl episode? You just gave me full on Mr. Bones on Stargirl. What do you want me to do? He's so great with his little tie. His little I, tie. I really appreciated the tie. They didn't have to do that with Mr. Bones. Because the tie <laughs> is really a director Bones thing, I think. Yeah. But you know what? It's it's one of those things where it's like dress for the job you want. <laughs> Don't dress for the job you have and direct uh, Mr. Bones. He understands that he knows that director is in his future someday. He's putting those uh, newspaper clippings of a photo of himself on the wall, staring at it going, you know what? You're worth it. He's going to, he's going to look back at this time when he was associated with Helix and he's going to be like, you know what? Those are my glory days. I, I'm <laughs> glad I looked good in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I showed up correct every day. <laughs> and I really, I mean, Stargirl did it up. I mean, they did the gloves. And Mr. Bones, where if you don't know, Mr. Bones wears gloves because he has the power of cyanide sweat. <laughs> so if he touches someone, he will kill them. Do you remember when we looked that up and we found out? <laughs> <laughs> It was uh, a big day for us uh, big to find day. out. <laughs> big day for us. I just, it's its a little heartbreaking that we've wanted him for so long. And Stargirl gets him. And like, good for Stargirl. Good, good for, for her. Star- uh, blessed. And then, <laughs> and then Superman and Lois got. Uh, Les Lar. They? they got Les Lar. I d- <laughs> 
And now they're now they're getting another character we'll talk about in the news section. Uh, but not uh, again. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I know who you're talking about. But yes, exactly. It's like I don't understand why we couldn't have the nice things. Yeah, that it's just it's so frustrating. We get more Lex though. Yeah. <laughs> well, the the thing about him appearing on Stargirl is that it does show it's it, it wasn't because they were like, oh, no, we, we can't do that CGI. It, it's it's not possible. We can't do it. Yeah, yeah you can. They're showing that you can do it. And actually, like, Zo- uh, uh, I was just going to uh, show this. Um, Zoic, yeah. Stu- Zoic Studios, who does the visual effects for Stargirl. Um, posted a video, uh, like a like a demo reel of some of their effect shots on Ooh. Stargirl, and one of them was of Director Bones. So uh, <laughs> the actor Keith David uh, is playing um, director. Well, I, I actually, that Director Bones, just Mister Bones. I keep calling him Director Bones because that's what I mostly we keep giving know him, him a promotion. We, we keep giving him too much credit. Uh, but Keith David is playing Mr. Bones, and he has such a great voice. What a great casting decision for, for great, Mr. Bones. Great casting, great Mr. Bones. So it does show that uh, Keith David is an actor in the costume, wearing the tie, looking good. Uh, but the only thing that they are CGIing is the head, of course, for the, the uh, skull face. So. Uh, I thought that that was a really neat uh, look behind the curtain oh. to see what see what they were doing and how they accomplished that. So it can be done. Yeah, it could be done. You know what? They could have done it the old fashioned way. They could have stuffed a little skeleton in like a human <laughs> thing and just had him pop it on. <laughs> I don't care. You could, yeah, you could marionette it. Yeah, I have seen some old '90s. Are you afraid of the darks? That did something very similar. <laughs> you know what? I bought in. I was I was right there with them. Don't you tell me you can't do it because of budget Supergirl. <laughs> so that was uh, pretty exciting to see that. I had to tweet Morgan immediately after oh, I saw it. I didn't my even heart care. Was, my heart soared and then was broken at the same time. What a bitter, what a bittersweet time for us as Supergirl Radio. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So we also had a listener who sent us an email about it. Rosalia sent us an email writing, uh, quote, Mr. Bones made an appearance uh, in Stargirl and is evidently going to be a central character in the next season. I'm very sorry it didn't happen in Supergirl. Love your podcast a lot more than this last season of Supergirl slash uh, uh, Super Friends, which I guess really the show should be called Super Friends now. At this point, yeah. Uh, Rosalie also goes on to say, I listen to your podcast at work and laugh out loud frequently. I, do, I don't know what you ladies plan to do after Supergirl is over, but I hope you do something that I could follow too. Thanks for all the laughter, unquote. Well, thank you for writing in, Rosalia, and um, listening to Supergirl Radio. Uh, we will continue to do podcast episodes on Supergirl. And uh, mm-hmm. we might have to do a character spotlight on Mr. Bones. And I don't know if this is going to become, you know, Stargirl Radio. Uh, but, <laughs> but there is one. But I mean, we, what if we just became Mr. Bones Radio? Oh, just, yeah, we could just, just sort of following like the emotional arc of Mr. Bones. Just what's he up to in the episodes? How does he feel? <laughs> that's true. We don't have to cover the entire episode. Just, just a Mr. Bones, just a Bones appearance. <laughs> Just we can just have, like, Bones, Bones Corner. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to come up with a really uh, good segment name for the... Uh, hey, is that, oh, B- hey, is that Baker? Oh, hey, Baker? 
what do you think about Mr. Bone showing up? <laughs> Did you like him? He's like, yes, big fan, big fan. Got to go work out my feelings about it. <laughs> early appearance for Beaker. He doesn't normally I show know, up this early. He doesn't usually like pop up this early. Usually, usually as we're wrapping up, like we're, <laughs> we're winding down. He's like, now is my time. But he's like, he wanted to get in early to talk about <laughs> Mr. Bones. <laughs> he's got other things to do. So he got in early. Exactly. Got in exactly. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's got a, a packed night. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we'll we'll probably do some bones episodes here and there before uh Stargirl <laughs> season three uh starts. And we'll there there will be more Mr. Bones uh content to follow and also also maybe also some supergirl content. Uh, <laughs> probably with, some supergirl with, content. With the yes. We might rebrand as Mr. Bones Radio. <laughs> Anything could happen. <laughs> I did find it delightful though because I was looking through Twitter and a lot of people were like, "Who is this guy? What is this character?" And people are discovering Mr. Bones oh, for the first time. What an exciting just, time for yeah. them. <laughs> Uh, to go back and discover director bones for the first time again <laughs> so i'm glad that star girl is introducing uh, a whole new section of fans to mr B- bones because he is such a great character very exciting so if you if you ducked out because of the uh the star girl conversation you can come on back yes. in uh because now we're going to be talking about another show stealing supergirl uh cast members or should be cast members so i guess uh, this is your <laughs> superman and lois spoiler this alert is my if superman yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. Superman and Lois, <laughs> my mortal enemy. Uh, according to the Hollywood Reporter, uh, Jenna Dewan will reprise her role as Lucy Lane on the upcoming second season of Superman and Lois. Uh, the actress, who will be credited as a recurring player, uh, first appeared as the sister to Lois Lane on Supergirl during a 13-episode season one run of the CBS-turned-CW drama. So she was in season one. We don't all we don't often um, reference season one or talk about it or speak its name really, uh, so she hasn't been mentioned in quite a long time. <laughs> she's she's part of that forgotten of Supergirl. Yeah, yeah, they they <laughs> forgot her pretty fast, pretty immediately. <laughs> a lot like Maxwell Lord, or you know, remember there was like the Omega Hedron was coming in, and then no, it wasn't. No. <laughs> A lot of things from season one never made it back. Um, But she's coming back. She did it. She got from off screensville back on screen. So good for her. Good for her. I wish Superman and Lois. I wish that had happened on Supergirl uh, because there's a whole storyline in the comics where Lucy Lane becomes Superwoman and she is an antagonist uh, for Supergirl during the Sterling Gates run. And that would have been really cool to see. We wouldn't want that. We wouldn't want that, Rebecca. That could be a story about Supergirl. That could be a story and a storyline for Supergirl. No, you can't can't no, have no, that. No. That's that's no, too no. much Supergirl, mm-hmm. the Supergirl TV show. No, we wouldn't want to like wear people out on Supergirl. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's kind of a bummer. She never she never came back to Supergirl because it's not like there were no ways for her to come back. There were plenty of uh options for her to return. And clearly but, she was willing to come back yeah, to the show. She, Supergirl, uh, Superman and Lois got her, so. And she uh, doesn't seem to mind traveling to Vancouver, so I don't think that was the problem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, so she will be appearing on Superman and Lois, and I'm I'm actually kind of excited to see what they do with her, because it could be really interesting to see uh, Lucy and Lois on screen together, uh, because uh, their dynamic could be very interesting, especially because uh, Superman and Lois 
has Lois, Lucy, and uh, General Sam Lane. So the oh, entire yeah. cool family. Yeah, except for uh, their mother. Uh, it's mostly the entire Lane family. So that's pretty cool. So exciting news for Superman and Lois season two. <laughs> All of the great news is happening Everybody's for other a shows. Lot of good news. A yeah. lot of good news. Good for you guys. Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so, so mad. I'm just over here stewing. Well, I guess there was some good news for Supergirl. Uh, this year's Saturn Award. Uh, uh, the Saturn Awards were handed out on October 26th, and John Cryer won in the category of Best Guest Star in Television for his performance as Lex Luthor on Supergirl. So congratulations Yay. to John Cryer. Even if he does uh, maybe hang around and wear off his welcome <laughs> on the show, he is really good in the role. So I will give him that. So congrats. Much deserved. Much deserved. Because he is <laughs> great Cryer. in that role. I think if it was somebody else who who was Lex Luthor, I would be way more annoyed whenever he shows up. Uh, and I'd be like, oh, no, not this again. Now I'm just kind of like, oh, this again. Okay. <laughs> he tries to win you over every time he reappears, I think. Like, uh, oh, oh, so you're so good at being Lex Luthor. <laughs> <laughs> I I once doubted Ducky Lex Luthor. I do not anymore. Not he's, anymore. Uh, he's great. Very, very uh, award winning. <laughs> yeah. So it's good to see that at least Supergirls, you know, even at the end of the show, still winning awards. That's nice. Um, okay. <laughs> so uh, Melissa Benoit sat down with Entertainment Weekly to talk about the end of Supergirl and how working on the show has impacted her life and where she goes from here. Uh, it's a lengthy read. So we're not going to go over all of it here on the podcast, but uh, we do have a couple of excerpts. So uh, Melissa says, I had, I had to learn how to walk as a superhero because I was certainly not carrying that strength physically because I didn't believe that I was that strong at that point in time in my life, said says Melissa Benoist. And that's, uh, uh, she's referencing uh, her domestic abuse issues that were going on at the time. And yeah, in the beginning of the show. Um, she says, the more experience I had on the show and the more experience I had in my personal life, that sort of informed my, grow uh, my growing more into being comfortable with conveying things like that, like strength and fearlessness and courage and bravery. Uh, she continues, I love how it feels to me like the story I was telling was how those two women found each other and be uh, become one person and how one woman figured out how to marry every part of herself and be proud of who she was in every, um, in every aspect. Because I feel like every woman has a million women inside of them. So I'm really proud of the story that I feel uh, like I was telling as Kara and as Supergirl, where it was a discovery of herself as one whole person. And I found that really empowering. And it was a journey that really resonated with me. And I feel like I also went through simultaneously while working on the show. Um, they said the show's sixth and final season pits Supergirl and her super friends against Nixley, a vengeful fifth dimensional imp who is desperately searching for seven magical totems that, when combined, will give her ultimate power. Without giving too much uh, away too much, Benoist assures us that the arc will tie back into Kara's uh, series-long journey. Oh, that's good to know. That's a that's a twist for me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so so Melissa, uh, Melissa Benoist says, uh, I would say the end goal is to really 
really come to terms with her powers and who she is as an alien on the planet, and then who she is as a human and finding a way to embrace both of them at once, says Benoist, who believes this was the right time to say farewell to Kara. I don't know if I was ready to say goodbye to the characters, which I think is healthy. You always want to be sad and miss something, and I'm so glad I didn't have that. Oh my gosh, I'm so ready. And just the feeling of wanting to throw it away and not think about it again. I definitely will miss playing the role, but I was ready for a break personally. Um, so we have the full interview linked in the live stream video description, and we're going to include it in the audio podcast, uh, show notes. So you can check it out for yourself. Yeah, it's a, it's a good, uh, interview in an article. So if you do have some time, uh, check it out to hear, uh, or read more about Mo what Melissa had to say about that. So, uh, she seems optimistic about the ending. Uh, so I'm going to lean into that. If yeah, she... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold that close. I'm going to hold that close. <laughs> so, I'm, it, you know, if she feels pretty good about it, hopefully that's a that's a good uh, sign. But uh, some really nice pictures, too, in the article. I was pretty impressed uh, as an amateur photographer looking yeah. at it. I was like, oh, that's pretty good. Uh, I really like her new hair. I like her new haircut. Yeah, she uh, she went, went back, back to, to the brunette. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So a uh, shorter it probably was nice after, you know, however, six years of uh, having to keep the Supergirl hair is probably nice to chop a little bit of it off. Well, and she probably doesn't get recognized as much now. That is definitely true. <laughs> notice her more with the uh, blonde hair. I'm a little bummed about it because I'm like, if I ever meet her at a convention and get my picture, you know, in those silly little uh, uh, photographs with the celebrities, it's going to be like, well, she doesn't look like Supergirl, though. <laughs> but uh, but she does look great. So I'm I'm happy that she seems to be going into the next chapters of her life. So good for her. All right. So uh, we do have something that the CW dropped today, which is a poster for The Flash's Armageddon uh, five episode, <clears throat> excuse me, crossover event, which begins on November 16th. The poster features the Flash, Iris West Allen, Batwoman, Black Lightning, uh, Mia Queen. I believe Mia's last name is Queen. I didn't look that up, but I don't really care. Uh, sure. Then, <laughs> let's go with it. <laughs> uh, Mia Queen as Green Arrow, Ray Palmer as the Atom, and Alex Danvers as Sentinel. And I only I only say that flippantly because Arrow, oh, I'm still bitter about it. <laughs> still, oh, Arrow. Still, still bitter about what they did to Laurel Lance. Uh, in season four, which was a long time ago, but I haven't gotten over it. Uh, but never it, let it go, Rebecca. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag still bitter. Uh, but yeah, so we did get a poster for that five episode crossover event uh, today. So things are starting to come out. And it's good to see that Alex is starting to show up in some of these promotional materials because she wasn't really in the trailers. Uh, so it's nice to see that they're like, oh, yeah, she's in this. So, uh, we'll also, have Alex is here. <laughs> we'll have so, to see what she's up to in this crossover. It's a five episode crossover. Is it, it's the Flash? Is it other shows or is it all just happening on the Flash? I don't know specifically. I don't think they've released a schedule yet, but I assume that maybe like an episode of Batwoman is there going to be it says like a five episode, episode event, but that's not very clear to me. <laughs> maybe it's a uh, five Where episodes of it? The Flash. Is it going to be five? Like a lot of Flash. That's, like, that's, that's like a lot a of Flash. Month. Over a month of of the Flash is just going to be this crossover. I don't know. If Does that's anybody the case? Okay, yeah, so it's Andy, just on the Flash. Yeah, oh. and Andy from the Flash podcast, who would probably know, would know. Uh, yeah, yeah, it says it's just on the Flash. The first five episodes of season eight. So 
Wow, that's a real uh, commitment to this the crossover. Yeah. Like, losing a lot of your story real estate to that, but <laughs> good for the flash. <laughs> you know, they're they're trying something new. So uh yeah, good for, good for that. Um, I'm I'm excited to see not just uh Alex, but also Ray from mm. uh from Arrow, but also where I know him more dearly from Legends of Tomorrow because he hasn't been on the show for a while. I miss him. I miss him. He popped up in the 100th episode and I was like, can we have Ray back? Please? <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, the flash gets out. It's, it's, I'm getting all the things I want, but on the wrong television, but show. on other shows, <laughs> on other shows. <laughs> so the flash gets Ray, not Legends. Stargirl gets Mr. Bones, not Supergirl. Superman so, and Lois gets Lucy and Les Lar. <laughs> We're just Man, Lois. <laughs> we're just over here, just uh, you know, asking for scraps is what we're doing. Uh, but yeah, so Andy also says uh, it's not really a crossover technically; it's a flash event, according to the showrunner. Ah. Uh, but will include players from other shows. So I guess that's the better way to look at it. So, all right. Uh, so I think, is that all of our news for this week? Yes, that is our last news item for this week. So let's get into this week's episode of Supergirl in the, the anti, what was it? What, what, the, what, the anti, what was it again? The episode the before the penultimate, <laughs> the anti-penultimate. So this is the anti-penultimate, uh, episode, uh, prior to the penultimate that is next week. Uh, <laughs> so we are going to be talking about truth or consequences is the episode title. And here's the official description quote. Supergirl is, is determined to keep everyone safe from Lex and Nixley. So she doubles down on patrol, especially as Alex and Kelly's bachelorette party is coming up. Alex is torn between duty and finally allowing herself the time to enjoy her new family. Brainy receives heartbreaking news and William clashes with Andrea over her recent coverage of Lex, unquote. So this hmm. episode ended with uh, a pretty big moment. I don't know that it was completely surprising, uh, at least not to me, really. Um, but uh, but it was a big moment for the storyline and the characters. So Morgan, I suppose we should just work our way, you know, from, from the end, uh, sure, <laughs> yeah. just go backwards. So uh, what did you think about uh, the death of our favorite vapor, our favorite baker <laughs> on the show? Uh, William day. He's making a victorious tart in the sky. Now. <laughs> uh, may we never forget his cinnamon rolls and his muffins and all of his various baked goods, uh, <laughs> what they had decided to sub in for a personality for him this season, uh, which is somehow still better than what they did last season with him. <laughs> um, uh, so I didn't know that someone was like supposed to die this season, but I unfortunately did get spoiled that this was happening uh, because I didn't get to watch it until today. And Twitter, um, Twitter told me what was what was up. And so I was like, <laughs> Twitter will spoil things like, for you. And it killed William. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, it feels to me like what they wanted to do was they like were like, what we want to do is we want to have a death so mm. that it like raises the stakes of the story and you know things are really serious now and it's really it's really uh you know important and like what's happening is like life or death because we killed somebody and then somebody else in the room was like yeah but we don't want to kill anybody like that we like yeah. <laughs> and then rip william uh, <laughs> they they couldn't really choose anybody that would have a more meaningful 
like an effect on the show. The, the problem, the problem with William is that like he's he's a nice character. He's a good guy. He's got a good heart. Loves baking. Loves baking. He's a great baker. <laughs> that girlfriend in Canada is so sad right now. <laughs> so bad. Mary is heartbroken. <laughs> uh, but uh, but I don't know. This is the way to do it. It reminded me of and and I haven't watched this movie in forever. But the first Avengers movie when they killed off Coulson. So that they would rally all of the Avengers together into the yeah. team. The team would come together and fight, fight the bad guy. I, I mm-hmm. can't even remember who was it. Loki was Loki the the big bad. In that it one? was Loki. It I was can't. Loki. I can't remember. Um, but uh, but that's what it feels like. And and of course the Avengers later like I was about to say it, it didn't yet, matter because Shield came and Coulson yeah, and resurrected. He's back. So who, he's who back. cares? It's cool. But I, I hate to say this. Because it's going to sound harsh. And I'm sorry for all the William diehards out there listening and and, and know that you're very sad. And I understand um, if you exist. But like Coulson somehow, even in like a two hour movie, was a more affecting death for me than this one with William, who's been in the show for two seasons. And I was like, oh, wow, they really killed him. Hmm. And that was kind of my reaction. It was like, oh. All right, I guess that's why we've been getting so much William lately. Yeah, is because they were trying to like build his character up to give him really an make arc, you care to, about him, to really make, make the you characters care. care about him, to really break your heart when he dies. Because if they had killed him, say last season, the collective shrug of everyone would have been. <laughs> well, here's the thing about that. Do you remember that in the season five finale, oh, Miss Tessmacher shoots him. Oh, poor William. So my question is, did they always intend for William to be shot to death? And like because of the COVID stuff, they just couldn't follow through with it last season. And they were like, oh, well, we got to try again. I mean, this is this. Oh, my God. I'm I'm almost glad for the actor if that's the case, because like at least he got stuff to do this. He got more. Yeah, screen time. Because last season, they brought him on like he was going to be this big character. And then they forgot about him for half of the season. And then they were like, oh, no, we forgot about William. And then they brought him back to be a love interest for Kara. But, like, it was too little too late at that point. Like, nobody was caring or buying it. So at least with this season, they tried to, like, you know, they tried to develop him and have him be people's friends. And now it suddenly it makes sense to me why he was giving everybody so many pep talks in the last couple episodes. Like he's like giving Alex a pep talk. And I was like, you people, you guys know each other? Like, <laughs> why is she why is he giving her a pep talk? Like, why does everybody he, go? He gave, he gave Lena a pep talk. Lena a pep talk. I was like, why is everybody talking to William about their problems this season? It's so annoying. And now I understand it's so that we would care when they killed him off so it would be a more impactful death and it's like yeah but that feels to me like shoddy uh, storytelling because it's like the only reason he existed on this show was to eventually make you sad when he was killed off like he had no other purpose on the show <laughs> yeah and it's it's strange to me that they never allowed him to find out because this episode was all about truth and and I have some things to say about the idea of truth in here but um I if I was writing it and I know I always say this who who cares I'm not a great writer but I would have had William find out the truth about Supergirl because he and Carl went on a date you know like they were friends they were co-workers yes. and he never found out that she was Supergirl 
Uh, so I would have had that happen right before he died just to, you know, have that moment. But, Ooh. but I, I don't know why they didn't do that. I will say that they did uh, a pretty good job of writing foreshadowing for this because uh, these are just two examples. Um, last week, uh, William says when Lex is around, when Lex Luthor is around tomorrow is never promised. And mm. then uh, in this week's episode, uh, Lex Luthor says, William Day sounds like your time is up, uh, which I thought was a pretty good line uh, after <laughs> the uh, the kitchen timer goes off. Uh, so I think they did a good job of setting it up. Like I could see it coming because of the the dialogue that they were dropping in there. So I, I wasn't really shocked by it, but I'm just kind of like they shot him last year. It just so much of this season feels like a retread of things that happened last season. And uh, especially when we talk about the brainy stuff. Um, but I don't know. I think Stas Nair is a really good actor and he did a really great job in this episode I think, with I a think, lot of the scenes he was in. I think Stas Nair got like the definition of a thankless role on this show, to be honest. Like, I think he, he was sold a bill of goods that they never delivered, that he was like going to be a character on this show that people cared about. <laughs> like, I feel like they introduced him and then they just kind of forgot about him. His backstory got messed up with crisis. So who even knows what the deal was with him because he had this friend that he was like trying to avenge. And then post crisis, I guess we all good. Uh, yeah. They never even mentioned like rip roar, his, his, his buddy Russell who had yeah. dated Andrea, like that didn't come up in this episode. Like you would think that you would sort of, bring it back around to their relationship and all of that. But they never, they didn't mention that at all. Which yeah. I, I felt like his, uh, his character was really just like a missed opportunity to do something with. And they, they never, and this happens on Supergirl a lot. Like they, a lot of times they will get a character that they don't really know what to do with sometimes forever, sometimes for just a little while. Um, and this was definitely a case of like, I think a character that they introduced in my opinion, I think they introduced him last season to be a love interest for Kara. Yeah. Everybody just didn't want it so badly <laughs> that they, <laughs> that they then pivoted away from that. Uh, but then, but then they had this character that they didn't have anything to do with. So they tried different things. And obviously the baking stuff has been great. Uh, <laughs> he mentioned the great British bake off. I assume just for me. Um, <laughs> and yeah. And yeah, if you get a Paul Hollywood handshake on that show, it is serious business serious <laughs> business. so esme uh, did really well so she did really well when, when you get a handshake it is uh you have really transcended the art form of baking <laughs> uh, which i'm sure esme did like she was she was really like 10 steps ahead of the rest of her class she's like making she like, did win that baking competition and, <laughs> those aren't easy to make I, no. I know from the experience of watching people make them on my television <laughs> uh, <laughs> that those are tough so uh, yeah it's it's funny it's like the um baking became his personality this season because they had nothing else for him which is like why i leaned into that joke so hard but it's like <laughs> literally like what else he was a reporter and he liked to bake and those are the two things that they have established about him in season six and like that's the only two things also he he's good at giving out advice because they needed him to talk to like every cast member so that they'd all be equally sad when he died. Like, I don't know. There's something almost cynical, I think, about the way that they went about it. It's like the definition of a sacrificial character mm. where he didn't exist to, like, 
be a member of the story or be a part of the team or anything like that. He basically existed to like get to know everyone just enough so that everyone would be sad when he died. And then they could take us into like the final two episodes. And yeah, he was the only expendable character, even with Andrea, she's the head of Catco. She has a purpose in there. Um, so William was expend- expendable. There are other Catco reporters, not not the lead of, of the show, no, uh, but no, but no. there are other, but there are other ones in the organization. Um, so yeah, it's it's wild to think at the very beginning of the season, William was watching like his only scene in one episode was just him continually watching TV, like watching Lex <laughs> Luthor's trial. Like that's all he did for one episode, and now he's like the big pivotal point in the season. I know big death and you could tell because like as we were going towards this episode suddenly William was like in more and more episodes like talking to more and more people you're like why is William uh, why is Lena talking to William about this and now you're like oh oh because she we need her to be sad too when he dies or like you know why is he talking to her why is he talking to them like it was all in the service of having everybody rally together to avenge William after he's dead. And it just feels like you couldn't have just like, I don't know, given him some stuff to do on the show and like made us care about him as a person. It's like, I have to, uh, I have to pretend to, I have to care about this by seeing the characters care about this because honestly, I don't, I mean, it's a bummer for him, definitely. He seemed like a great baker and a good friend, but I don't really care. Like, I never really invested in that character because the show didn't either. And so now that he's dead, I'm like, well, yeah, it's really going to bum out the Super Friends, I guess. Well, I I, I liked William O'Kay as a character, and I do think he was a character who did the right thing, and he was very noble in the things that he pursued. Um I think I think his best scene was probably with little Esme. I thought they were really yes. cute when they were baking and he was giving her advice on how to make the perfect chocolate. And uh, we learned more about his past and where he was from and some of his family. So I, I thought that that was uh, really well done on the part of uh, the young actress Mila and um, Stosner. They were really cute on screen together. Um, so I thought that that was a, a a good thing out of that, which I think is uh, it's a forced death, unfortunately, because he is the only really expendable character. <laughs> so who else were they going to kill? They couldn't take a big swing and kill somebody that, you know, would no. be like a shocking thing. Um, but there I, was I, really no one. There was no one for them to kill who like wasn't William, basically. Like William was the lowest stakes option if they wanted a death. And like, I just I, I had that kind of reaction of after the episode ended of being like, oh, man, that was kind of lazy. Like that was, you know, we're going to take the least risky death that we can possibly do. But now like but now it's dramatic and now the stakes are life and death. And I think um, Emma in the chat actually has a good point. Um, she says, honestly, if they'd killed him off earlier, it might've made Cars whole. Nixley is the worst villain we've ever faced uh, make sense since it would give something resembling stakes. And I think that's that a that's really good point. A good point. Like, I don't think that they, I mean, it wouldn't have emotionally hit as much if they'd killed him off earlier, because again, even though he'd been on the show for two seasons, he was kind of just there. Um, so they had to like spend episodes and episodes making him important, having important ideas about journalism and giving everybody pep talks because he's like apparently um, like Dear Abby on that show. And um, <laughs> but 
yeah, I think if, if they'd killed him off earlier, then maybe some of Kara's rasher decisions would make more sense. And also, if Nixley had been the one to kill him, that would have been good yes. for that. Because the thing is, like, if you have Lex kill him to show that, oh, they're a real threat. Well, we already knew Lex was a big threat. Yeah. Um, so we didn't really need that, per se. But uh, I think it would have been more impactful to the season. I know why they had Lex kill him, because Lex was... He was super mad about, and uh, let me find the uh, screenshot. He was really mad about that Cat Co. magazine article about his love poems that got published. <laughs> <laughs> so he was just taking revenge on uh, that getting put out there because I guess he wasn't uh, really that proud of what he wrote. He maybe could have been better with his words. Uh, <laughs> so he, that's I understand that that's why he was the one to kill William, but I think it would have been more important to the season and to Supergirl being really um, more inspired to go after Nixley if Nixley had been the one to kill him. But yeah, I mean, we keep hearing about how like Nixley is this great threat, but even in this instance, it's Lex who did the killing. So I don't know what I'm supposed to take from that. <laughs> like <laughs> it feels like they don't really trust the villain of the season to be bad enough. So they have to like, pair with Lex and they have to like make Lex be the the big bad again and Lex is the one who kills someone it's like all right it's it's uh, as usual for the last couple of seasons it all comes back to Lex Luthor um which I mean I, at this point I guess I have to accept I just have to just we, have to go we with can't it. we can't <laughs> change it there is nothing we can do at this point uh, but I did what I liked about the William parts of the episode was, uh, were really the exploration of truth. You know, a lot of times on this show, there's a word of the day. Uh, <laughs> power has been said a lot in this season. But I, I think they did a fairly good job of emphasizing the idea of truth without saying it a thousand times during the episode. So I liked the way that they went about that with different characters. Um William Day sticks up for the truth to Andrea. He says, I became a journalist to tell real stories, to report the truth. Andrea distorted the truth for her own personal gain. Uh, the journals and the poem were actually true. What they published was really true, but the, the, the article was a lie in terms of William's name being attached to it. Alex talks about living her truth and then Nixley passed the truth totem gauntlet by confessing the truth about not wanting to be alone. And then Lex Luthor uh, tells the truth about how he really feels about Nixley. So I liked that they used examples of people dealing with the truth instead of just talking about the truth all the time. <laughs> so I actually thought that that was that there haven't been a lot of episodes this season where I could break it down by like a thematic looking at the dialogue and some of the scenes, what the characters were going through. But I thought this one did offer some of that where I could actually <laughs> sort of dig into what was happening. So I did, uh, did like that. Yeah. I thought that that was, was good how they kind of like pulled the, the truth theme throughout this episode and, and they had, you know, the journalistic side of it, but also the, you know, the romance with the, was it Lexley or <laughs> yes, uh, Derek and Dana from channel two's on the air with Derek and Dana. Uh, <laughs> Derek coins the shipper slash couple name Lexley. I don't know how you feel about that. Should it be Lexley? I mean, I think it's the better option of the shipper names where you squish the name together. Yeah. You can't so. really do like 
Nick's Lex. Yeah, that's no fun. Yeah, I guess Lexley is the best option. Lexley is the best option. But uh, (laughs) yeah, so I mean, I I did like the way that they sort of um, they sort of tied that through in the episode with the truth totem and um, that we're, you know, we're still doing the totem thing. But at least I think it was like used appropriately. Yeah, so I I did like the way that they actually explored uh, the the truth aspects of this episode. So one of the things that I was kind of wrestling over was the fact that the super friends, they all go out to to party and celebrate Kelly and Alex getting engaged, which is great. They should uh, be celebrating that, but they leave William alone with Esme in the tower by themselves. Uh, They, they kind of don't really give him instructions on like, here's some armor you can wear. Here's some weapons just in case Why something happens. Why didn't they give him a, a, I was watching with Mike and Mike was like, doesn't he have like a signal watch like everybody else does to like alert Supergirl that there's trouble? It's like, no. And at one point when he goes to like grab the phone, I was like, oh good. He's going to like call somebody so that they know, you know, just call Alex and like have it on in the background or something. He knows the who the rest of the super friends are just not Kara, and then Kara Supergirl could come right over, but that's not the way that that went. And I was like, it just feels like so many things have to have gone wrong for for William to get killed. Like so many wrong decisions of these like super friends who have a an impenetrable bunker that immediately gets penetrated, and <laughs> <laughs> because you know, as we all know, Lex Luthor is twenty five steps ahead of everybody which was surprising the first time they did it but is less surprising the third time they do it <laughs> the third time oh my gosh it's 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 wild when you say it out loud <laughs> when he explained his evil plan i was like you know what i'm just gonna assume you had one you don't even have to tell me <laughs> I don't, whatever whatever dude and that, that that plan went back you know episodes before and you you've foreseen all of almost, this almost like i don't know season four and five <laughs> <laughs> you had a master plan that's just playing itself out now all it's, along it's like i liked nixley as a villain and now to add the the lex aspects to it it just gives me deja vu but it's like the super friends really gave william nothing Nothing, not any defenses in the tower, not any way to contact them in case of, (laughs) I don't know, a super powered emergency. They know Lex Luthor and Nixley are out there looking for stuff and they're just kind of like, and they have like all the totems, right? And we don't know that Lex and Nixley don't know that they're, you know, not in the tower. Right. Well, the super friends do take some precautions. Uh, Jean talks about how the tower is auto scanning for Nixley and Lex, but even if it's just auto scanning, is it doing anything reactionary about it? And then Jean also says he's keeping a psychic overview of everything, but not a very good one. Apparently. So is this really on, <laughs> is this really on Jean or all the characters going to have some level of, guilt and also should they i was actually really mad like i'm not i'm not a huge william day fan but i was mad at the super friends for letting this happen because they could have done things to help him and they just they just left him there by himself with with nothing but a a kitchen knife yeah 
I know. I know. I just kept on going like, it feels like they had to jump through so many hoops to get to the point where like William was getting killed. Like everybody had to be so sloppy in a time period when they're all supposed to be on like high alert. Because all we've been hearing about for episodes is about how Nixley is like the toughest villain they've ever faced. And that Lex is, you know, the only villain they ever faced. And that <laughs> now they've combined and it's really dangerous for everyone. And then they're like, all right, well, off to the bachelorette party. Bye, William. And he's like, should I wait? Hold on. Do you have numbers I should call in case of emergency? No. As they leave. <laughs> I just say no. He's just sitting there with a knife going like, okay, okay. Okay, I guess. I wish uh, what had, what what had, I wish what had happened was that uh cuz really William didn't get a good chance. Remember a couple of episodes episodes ago when he was like fighting people who yes. lost their humanity and were like super powered up? He was able <laughs> to do something then. I wish there was a scene where uh William was like fighting to the death. Like he was throwing knives and pans and you know whatever he could from the kitchen just like throwing him defending himself <laughs> yes. that would have been a better way to go out than than him just like getting Being shot, shot i wish i wish you know, i wish if they were going to kill him off at least give him like a really heroic noble death i guess his like whole speech about how his super friends would always find lex and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. i guess that's Can I say the that heroic I thing? Also, but... got a little annoyed during his heroic speech. Not at William. R.I.P. Rest his soul. Um, <laughs> but but when he was like, "That's what make that's what's different between you and the super friends." And I'm like, "So it's just super friends now, right? It's, it's just, just it's super, super friends. friends. Supergirl's not even a big deal on our own show now. It's great. Nope. It's cool. It's cool. Sorry, William. Sorry. <laughs> From here on out, that it's just a unit. They're just a, a, a group, a team." <laughs> I'm also a little resentful that they're doing this two episodes before. I mean, one episode really before the because finale. the finale is a whole two-hour thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the well, yeah, one episode before the finale because now we're gonna have to deal with the repercussions of William's death, like in the final two episodes of the show. So it's in some way going to be about William Day. Exactly. Exactly. By the end of the show. <laughs> what we all finally wanted. <laughs> More William. Which again, Stas, I'm so sorry this happened. He's to such you. a good actor. He such did a- such a good job. Oh, he tried his best. He really did. He delivered those lines about baking with such conviction. He, he know, really he made me care going. about his baking skills. <laughs> poor, poor Mary, his girlfriend from Canada. She's oh, going to starve. She's going to starve. She'll never be able to eat a muffin again. <laughs> uh, but like, yeah, so now this Paul is going to hang over like the two, like the final episodes in a way. And it's like. I don't know if what the better option is. I'm not like a writer on Supergirl, but I just, it, it kind of reminds me of like spoiler alert for Buffy, you know, a, a 20 year old show, <laughs> <laughs> but in the finale, they killed off like a major character. And then at the end, they were just like, well, that was a crazy battle. Let's go. And you're like, is no one sad about this? <laughs> uh, not that I want to see everybody in like the last five minutes of the episode be sad, but like, it should mean something. Shouldn't some and and it's like it's kind of that situation where, like, I don't want to watch the the last two episodes of our TV show be about sad, like, you know, mourning William. But at the same time, like, they've got to do something because he just died. So I don't know. It's just like I wish if they were if they had 
were committed to killing him off. They had done it a couple episodes before. And to Emma's point, that would have really raised the stakes on the next well, this is This is going to rally the super friends, Morgan. <sighs> they are going to get into they action seemed- and... Re- Finally do something about Nixley and, and Lex. About Lex. It seemed pretty rallied already is the thing. <laughs> and she did kidnap Alex and Kelly's child. A so I don't child, think that yes. they need it to be more rallied than that is the thing. Yeah, they could have just done the kidnapping and that would have could have just enough. done the kidnapping. Now we've got to deal with like William's funeral probably and everybody's going to be sad and they're going to work through their guilt and their feelings. Andrea's already kind of like, am I a bad person? Lena's like, how do I, how do I say yes but nicely? <laughs> am I the baddie? That's, <laughs> that's what she's asking herself. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I feel like there's going to be, Andrea's going to have to be like, ooh, is this kind of my fault and it's like yes girl it's directly your fault <laughs> <laughs> don't know what to tell you there uh, <laughs> let's talk about some truth yes, yes it is your seriously. fault <laughs> totally 100 percent, andrea it is your fault uh, <laughs> i just kind of wish i don't know that the story has been i i've been complaining about the last couple episodes is that they just keep throwing these story elements that could be like half season arcs into the last like five episodes of the show so we get random witch lena and we get you know kelly as guardian finally but we like don't really know what we don't barely get to see what that means and like and now we've got the brainy stuff which we'll get into later but again that's last minute three episodes before the finale and now like just last minute it was just like oh and then we'll kill william it's like they're throwing a bunch of things at the wall to be like what's going to stick? Like what's going to make this like last bit of the season really dramatic and impactful. It's like, I don't know, like take a breath. (laughs) Yeah. And none of it is really about Supergirl. I keep waiting for the episode where it's going to take a turn and it's going to somehow become a car story. And it just didn't. And I guess, uh, since, since we're kind of there, uh, we should probably talk about Alex and Kara's fight over, Esme and so Supergirl suggests to Alex that, uh, you know, maybe they use something to help uh, mitigate uh, Esme's powers and help her be able to learn how to control them that way. And Alex uh, disagrees about that. So, Morgan, what did you think about their their big fight in this episode? Um, I don't I've liked some of their fights before because it's like adds a little drama and like realism to their relationship. And I, I don't, it's a tough one. Cause I didn't like watching it, honestly. Mm. And like, sometimes I do like watching it when it's something about like their relationship or them, you know, kind of diving into maybe a little resentments that they've had over the years and stuff like that. And that coming out, but this one just seemed like Alex's reaction seemed so, over the top negative based on like what car was telling. And I know people can be kind of intense when you give them parenting advice, especially if you're not a parent and you're like, Hey, have you thought of this? And they're like, get out of my face. So (laughs) I, 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 and she was stressed about Esme. So I do understand why she kind of snapped at car, but it didn't mean that I had to like watching it really. And uh, so, yeah, it, it wasn't, you know, sometimes when they get in fights, I'm like, ooh, this is juicy. And like, we're really getting into the sister dynamic. And in this one, I was just a little bit like, ooh, this is awkward to watch. And like, I don't really think that she was hearing Kara out that like Kara was like, this is my actual lived experience as a and person lived who experiences- is like your daughter. 
Lived experiences were super important in blind spots. That's true. I, I, I was told lived experiences were very important and only people with lived experiences should be able to talk about it. And yes. now lived experience doesn't mean anything. Uh, yes, I was I was a little mad about that because uh, car is coming from it from a perspective of this is my actual lived experience. Yeah, I am like your daughter. And this was the thing that was helpful for me. And Alex just doesn't want to hear it at all. And like at the end of the episode, we kind of understand why, because she doesn't want Esme to feel different um, because she felt different when she was younger. But it is kind of a different experience that, that they're both talking about. And like Cara is coming at it from like when she, she has a conversation with John, I thought was really good where she was like, for the longest time, like I, I couldn't have friends. Like I couldn't relax. But is that true though? Oh, it's definitely not. <laughs> because when, so from what I understand, from what I remember, from what the Arrowverse wiki tells me, Kara came to Earth when she was 13. She came out of the pod. Hey everybody. Hey Earth people. I'm here. And <laughs> then uh, within about four years, I would guess, she meets Kenny Lee. She's, boyfriend girlfriend with him for a couple of years she seemed really happy she told him she loved him i will say though i think when you're younger like a year feels like an eternity like Maybe, when you're like yeah and you're like i'm 11 and a half you know and because because that half really means a lot to you whereas like when you get old you're like oh my god how old am i <laughs> uh but so i can see her like you know saying when i first got here it was so long since I like until I could relax and like so long could have been like two years or something. But that, you know, to a 12 year old is a long, long time. Yeah. I wish they had specified that because I was like, but you just showed us young Cara at the beginning of this season. We saw how <laughs> happy she was. So I was confused about that whole thing. Yeah. And uh, I, Electra. WWF in the chat makes a good uh, a good point, which is like that Alex said, well, it's not dangerous to be an alien anymore. And that's why we're doing it differently with Esme than with you. It was done with you. But like two seasons ago was all about like this anti-alien sentiment with the children of Liberty. And so is it uh, is it not dangerous to be an alien anymore? Is it like they a different solved, world? They solved bigotry. bigotry I forgot that they had not- solved it, it doesn't exist in the Supergirl universe anymore. <laughs> that's, that's true. They took care of that in season four. So <laughs> it's, it's done. done. Pro- problem solved. Problem solved. Bigotry over. Yeah. It just didn't, that, that fight just didn't, I don't know. It didn't hit, it didn't hit for me. And I'm not like opposed to the sisters fighting either. Uh, like historically. Well, to me, I think why I didn't like it. Cause it was, it was uncomfortable for me to watch. Like I it was like, Ooh. Um, <laughs> and I think part of it was because we haven't really seen them interact very much this season. And I think if yes. we've gotten a lot of fun, uh, good Danvers sisters moments, this would have been more impactful for me to see like, Oh, they have a conflict, but they haven't really had any reaction much at all. And so for them to, to fight this close to the end and, and to have Alex not paying any attention to uh to Kara was it was honestly pretty upsetting to watch and it just it just seems like supergirl cannot win she can't <laughs> she can't win. catch a break she can't Everyone's catch a break just yelling at her constantly. lecturing her yelling at her bad things are constantly happening to her she she failed at being an aunt like the first time she met Esme and it was just ugh 
I just hate seeing her lose all the time. So it, it was not fun. I, I guess they kind of made up there at the end and they both apologized to each other. Uh, but one of the things that I did like about the Supergirl's talk with Jean is, is the, the one piece of dialogue where she says, I just want Esme to be safe. And so what I would do if I was the writer uh, is if you're going to say that, I want Supergirl to be the one to save Esme. I mean, that is that a lot to ask for if Supergirl great. saves her? Like, I think all the super friends can, like, help out. They can give an assist. <laughs> but I want Supergirl to be able to save her. Um, and if that doesn't happen, I, I'm already setting myself up for a fall <laughs> and disappointment. But... But if you're going to say something, have her say that. I just think she she's earned that to be able to save Esme, and I think that would make mean a lot to Alex if uh, if that was the case. If if Supergirl came to her rescue, so I don't know if that's going to happen, but that's that's how I would do it. Not that especially, it matters, <laughs> especially since I feel like I haven't seen Supergirl win a fight in like a whole season at this point. She she got uh, kicked around uh, this week. Uh, yeah, getting messed around with 30th first century technology and. Uh, getting her suit all messed up. So, yeah, she she keeps uh, getting hit pretty hard. And I feel like it would be one thing if we were supposed to be, I don't know what we're supposed to be taking out of, like, Supergirl messing things up or making these decisions that we find, like, questionable. Like, if it was, if this was part of an arc for her, I think I would be on board. Like, I think I might be like, oh, this is interesting to explore, you know, m- Supergirl messing things up. But I don't, get the impression that this is, I don't know what I'm supposed to, what the show wants me to think. Like, does the show want me to think that she's right? Does the show want me to think that she's wrong? Like, I don't know because in some episodes they'll have her decide to do something, not decide to do it and then do it like a scene later. And so I'm not really sure if I'm supposed to be seeing this like as a pattern of behavior or if she's supposed to be doing the right thing. Yeah, I don't know. I know there's a lot of speculation that Supergirl may go off to the the future with the Legion of Superheroes. And I think that's a pretty good speculation. I would not be opposed to that ending. But let's say that that is the end point. Then that would sort of make sense as to why she quits her job at CatCo. Why she's not handling things very well. Maybe she's like, ugh, I can't do this. I'm not helpful to anybody here. And so then she goes to the future with the Legion to try to see if she can help somebody somewhere else that would make sense to me if that's the way they were going but i don't i don't know honestly i don't know what's what's happening here with Kara. yeah and i think uh, i think to your point like if we had seen more car and alex this season maybe this this would have felt like it was like organic or coming from somewhere maybe if we'd seen them you know having conversations about esme or about motherhood it would it would kind of balance that out, but we haven't gotten a lot of car and Alex in this last final season. And then when we do finally get them this season, this episode, they're fighting. And so, yeah, I, I didn't like that. Yeah. And I also thought something was strange and I'll put this to you and also to the people in the live chat to see if y'all can kind of help me out with this. Cara talks about Eliza and Jeremiah as mom and dad. It, does that seem consistent with her character? Because I, I just remember her always referring no. to Eliza as Eliza. Yeah. I don't think she ever called her mom. That, yeah. seemed, that seemed weird to me. 
So I don't know if anybody else has any thoughts about that on on whether or not maybe maybe that happened in an episode that I don't remember. Yeah, uh, that seemed out of uh, out of character for her too because I feel like she's always called them by their first names. Yeah, I I and I, that always kind of frustrated me because I was always like, well, Eliza's basically your mom. Can't you call her mom? But she just she always called her Eliza. So um, yeah, so that's that was just that stuck out to me um i guess uh while we're still sort of here in the the sort of the nixley esme uh stuff i guess we could talk about lexley we didn't really go into too much detail about that but uh this episode uh saw uh nixley starting to fall for lex luther so morgan are you are you buying the romance is it are they selling it for you um, <laughs> that's a great question. Um, it's one of those things where I watch it and I go, I see another version of this show, uh, kind of like a crisis situation, uh, where I could buy into this romance and be kind of into it because I, I do love like a good villain romance. They're always kind of fun. Um, and both actors are great and they're all really giving it their all. But I don't think so. I don't think it's doing much for me here. It just feels kind of last minute, like another weird element that they're throwing in at the end of this show uh, so that they can get Lex in here in some way that makes sense. Uh, I do think both actors are doing like a good job selling the relationship, but I don't think that they're being given very good material to sell it with, honestly. I liked them more... I think in the last episode when Lex had some kind of funny moments where he was like, I like you uh, in this one where it was kind of more like, and I'll always take care of you. I it got, it got more serious. Yeah. And I liked it less than uh, <laughs> it just, it felt a little bit too like on the nose. It kind of lost some of the, like the, the humor and the fun of it. And then the, just the will of, they, won't they, the will they, won't they, if you will, <laughs> <laughs> like if you're going to give me two villains who are like falling in love with each other, I need banter and the yes, banter little, level little flirting. Yeah. And we know that John Cryer is Lex Luthor is very bantery. And I bet that like Nixley could also be pretty bantery. Like she's been fun in the past. And so I feel she like did a, she did a sweet dreams pun. <laughs> exactly. I feel this like week. it's a missed opportunity to not have them be more like bantery. It's all about like her trauma and her trust issues, which is like, I'm like, I don't care about the villains trust issues come on man like it, it's bit nixley has like a whole arc that like honestly eat your heart out cara because she's <laughs> <laughs> she's got she's got past trauma that she's working through successfully uh she's uh, she's now got a love interest uh that she's like opening her heart up to love to like love again she worked through her issues with her brother and her and like kind of her dad and yeah, like, she might be getting revenge on her dad she has exactly. goals and she's got and motivation she's working towards stuff uh <laughs> i mean if only Cora could have like i don't know half of what's got just, going just on just one of those things <laughs> just one of those things i was like oh, it's so nice of them to give lex luther a romantic storyline and for them to at, at often the forget Cara exists. of the supergirl <laughs> tv show it's i don't know man it, like they're, they're they're giving nixley a lot of good character development and stuff um 
But I just, I get a little sad because I'm like, well, the, the main character doesn't even have, you know, uh, like a story arc this, this consistent. And uh, like every time that she goes for a totem, we kind of learn about Nixley. She kind of go- goes through these ch- challenges and she learns and she grows like, I don't know, like a character on the show. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, like Cara, we still don't know why she failed the courage uh, the courage gauntlet. I mean, they got two episodes left to tell us. I guess we'll find out. Yeah, I just it's it's a little strange. Yeah, the Lex and Nixley stuff. I I wish I liked it because I see a version that could be really campy and fun. Um, but I just feel like it's a little too. I don't know. It's like a, it's a little too sincere for two over the top villains. I think. Yeah, I think the fact that they went right to it this week and i guess they they only have so much time left so i guess they had to get to the point where nixley loved and trusted him so that everything they do from now on makes more sense Uh, but uh but i'm with you i think if they had made it more playful and um kept that tension going between them i think that would have been that would have been more fun for me to watch now I'm like, oh, I guess <laughs> I guess they're together now. Like, what? Yeah. What is okay. define the relationship for me, please? <laughs> I don't. I don't know what's happening right now. I do like. Oh. I do like the idea that Nixley fell in love. Fell in love with Lex at the time they were looking for the love totem. On that a, was fun. On, on a writing standpoint, I thought that was good. Yeah, I mean, I just uh, I was just thinking about how like I think Nixley has done more of the of the totem gauntlets than Carr has. And that was like a perfect opportunity to give, like, I would love to see Carr do the truth, uh, the truth gauntlet, right? Like we would maybe as viewers, we'd learn something new learn something interesting about, about Kara, about Supergirl, our main character. Like Nixley has done all in through all of these totem quests. Like we've learned things about Nixley. Wouldn't it have been great to also learn things about, about our main character. Remember when they were like Voldemorted up like that? Maybe they should have kept that. Maybe then she would have had to learn some stuff about Supergirl too. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, that, that whole thing is such a wasted opportunity that they got rid of the tethering, but uh, but yeah, so I guess from here on out, they are a couple that everybody's <laughs> supposed to ship. Well, get your hashtag Lexley uh, posts and tweets uh, scheduled and ready to go. Um, <laughs> and I guess the last thing we could talk about is the idea that Brainy has now been requested from the future to come back to the future because the big brain is in trouble and uh, Brainy is the only one who can can help them out. So he is now making the decision to go back to the 31st century. So Morgan, what did you think about uh, the possibility that Brainy may leave the super friends? I mean, I don't like, I feel like such a, I feel like such a broken record here. Like, <laughs> it's, wanna, a, it's okay. You told me, you told me last week, it's okay not to like something. So <laughs> I'm telling you that right now. There's stuff I did like. There's stuff I did like. Um, but this wasn't one of them in particular. Um, I didn't, yeah, it's just so, so close to the end of the show. And I know, I guess this is like how Brainy's going to go out, but it, the way he was explaining it to himself was that it's basically (laughs) like dying. Like basically Brainy's kind of in some way going to die to save the big brain, which I don't like. It means that the character that we've, you know, invested in for all these years is going to maybe not exist. 
And uh, I don't know that we're going to see that happen on screen. So that means that like, he's just going to go off to the future to kind of like merge with the big brain and kind of not exist anymore. I don't, it's that one was a tough one for me. I do. I do feel like it does feel like it's starting to point in the direction that the, like that the characters, some of the characters are going to go into like, go to the 31st century. Like, Brainy, that could have been definitely. a whole season. Ugh. Yep. It would have been such a good mm-hmm. season to good, just spend time in the 31st century with other le- legionnaires. Oh, that would be so fun. Uh, no. Yeah. Well, I I do like the idea of Brainy going back to his own time because I, I think that it would be good for the character of Brainiac 5 to go and spend more time with the Legion of Superheroes. It was a little heartbreaking with the stuff with him and Nia because they have developed a relationship and it is meaningful to both of them. And I, I thought the actors did a really good job of playing that. And I thought Jesse Rath was really great uh, in his various brainies and uh, <laughs> the interaction those various <laughs> brainies had with each other. And um, he's he's playing that really well. Parts of this episode felt like a, like it was either a William centric episode or it was a brainy centric episode. Yes, I would agree with that. Uh, so th- again, it just feels so strange. I know all these characters have to have their moments before the show ends, but I'm just, I'm, I mean, I'm just waiting for. I Super think if Rolls we broke time. down this episode, like <laughs> we do in like Legends, like A, B, and C, like it's what what would you say is the A story? Oh, geez. What is the A story? I think the A story is maybe the William stuff. Okay. Because I think that's like the, and then maybe the B story is like the Lex and Nixley stuff. Yeah. And I then would the say that. C story is brainy. Notice who's not in any of those main story buckets. It's Kara, <laughs> the main character of the show. She's and like, kind of tangentially related yeah, to the, yeah. but, but you you'd have a real you'd have to make a real reach to get there. It's it's just crazy. It's the end of the show and they've had a whole season is the thing. It's like some of this stuff that's popping up at the last minute. It's like they had a whole season to get to do that stuff. And like we should be really winnowing down and doing like looking at Supergirl storyline and it's still you know, we're still still kind of handling everybody else cuz it's Super Friends, but yeah, I just, it's a lot. Yeah, it was, I mean, Jesse Rath did a great job in this episode. I loved that um, that scene with uh, with Brainy and other Brainy where they're talking to each other. And uh, and then in the, uh, at the bachelorette party, when he tells Nia, like, you know, I'm, you know, it's such a happy event and it's making me so sad. Like that I thought was really affecting. That whole scene where like Nia like puts her head on his shoulder and uh, and they're crying. Like it's, it's really, it was really affecting. And I thought that the performances were really great, but as, as usual with this season, it was like a thing, a random thing that popped up last minute told to us from off screensville. That's like now like sending the character in this direction. So I just don't love it. I did. Well, I did like um, the idea that Brainy's destiny is in the future and Nia's destiny is in the present because that does make sense with the dream girl aspect of everything. It definitely does. That she couldn't go with him into the future because that would cause a little bit of a problem. (laughs) That would cause a Marty McFly situation (laughs) in there. Uh, So that would uh, be very difficult 
difficult for the space-time continuum. But I think that uh, that makes at least sense to me that Nia would have to stay in the present. So I guess uh, I guess they're break. Like I don't I don't know if they're going to commit to that. I don't know if they're going to commit to Brainy going to the future or not. But seems that's the way things are heading. Yeah, I wouldn't mind Brainy going to the future as much as I mind the idea of like him having to merge with the big brain and like not be our version of Brainiac anymore. Yeah. I don't like that idea because it, it's kind of like the character is dying in a way. And uh and I like Brainy and I don't I don't want to see anything bad happen to him. If it was more like something popped up in the future and like now he They has need to his go help. Back. Yeah. They need his help and now he has to go back to the future and he kind of had a sad moment with Nia where he was like, you know, I love you, but this was, you know, I, I was always going to have to go back to the future and you were never going to be able to come with me. Something like that I think would be more affecting because like, I think in the back of all of our minds, we kind of knew like long-term, were they ever going to be able to work out? And, uh, but this, uh, the, the big brain storyline was kind of where I was like, Ooh, what? <laughs> yeah. And I had a question. I don't know what you think about this. So, uh, Brainy is shown in the Legion cruiser talking to something he calls Wynn, but it doesn't, it's not Wynn's voice. No. So what, what do you think that was? It, it, is, is the communication from the future to the present so difficult that they need to like encode it in the, an electronic signal of some kind? Is that maybe, did you, did you understand that? I, I thought we were going to at least have, like, Jeremy Jordan, like, voiceover, like, hey there, Brainy. But, like, no, it was like, wah, 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 wah. It was like the, the, <laughs> was like the teacher. <laughs> Charlie Brown. So, yeah. I don't know what's going on in the future. It seems wild out there. It's wild. So I, I assume that somebody at least is going to go to the future at some point in these next two episodes, the 31st century, or come back from it so maybe we can ask them <laughs> yeah so they're at least doing a decent job of setting up the return of possibly the legion of superheroes so if the legion does yes. show back up which it seems like maybe they're going to uh they've they've done their best in the writing to to set that up so we should be expecting them i suppose <laughs> uh so morgan uh let's get to overall thoughts because i think we touched on pretty much everything i think so uh so what did you think about this episode truth or consequences uh Thumbs up, thumbs down, liked it, disliked it. What'd you think? Um, I think I'm at like thumbs middle it. Uh, <laughs> trending towards thumbs down. It's, <laughs> it's mon negative on the scale. <laughs> Bringing out an oldie but a goodie. Um, <laughs> I, I, it was, I liked the, I really liked the like bachelorette party scenes. <laughs> can, can, uh, can our, our cast in, in fancy clothes completely save an episode? Is that possible? I don't know. Um, but that's probably, it was my favorite part, uh, getting to watch everybody dance crazy and car come in like, woo. And then like <laughs> Lena did her little dance up, uh, and, uh, and everybody looked really great in their bachelorette party outfits. Like Alex was rocking that like jumpsuit with the, like the dramatic slit down the front and the back. She was like really going for it. Her hair was purple. I thought it would be blue for Sentinel. I, I mean, but... that's not good branding. She really needs to stick. <laughs> but she was like, what if people recognize me based <laughs> on this blue streak? Gotta I, change it up so I can my <laughs> And Kelly looked great. I loved that color pink and her fun earrings. This just becomes uh, this just becomes my fashion review. <laughs> so I don't have to talk about anything else that happened in the episode. 
<laughs> um, the rest of it, besides the parties, and uh, and Lena very gently, the gentlest way that you can tell somebody that they're a bad person, telling Andrea that she's not the best. Uh, <laughs> uh, Lena's like, listen, from from one person who's tried to mind control a whole co- a, a, a whole, whole world. world. To somebody who's also a little ethically sketchy, you know, you know how how us girls we <laughs> how we do. <laughs> we, you you and I go way back to when we were, you know, traipsing through the jungle, <laughs> and then you stole my mom's uh, magic necklace. Um, so yeah, so yeah, maybe you were a little ethically dubious. <laughs> loved loved that look on Lena where she's like, "Oh, how do I say this nicely?" Well, yes, bad. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I like those scenes, and I liked a lot of the individual scenes and the performances. I think were really strong, but overall, I'm just. It was. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with this show. I keep wanting it to kind of like turn the corner yeah i'm like, waiting for it to turn the corner <laughs> and do a, a really strong and like there's one episode left for them to turn the corner and have a strong ending and it's like it's that's stressing me out a little bit because a lot of these episodes there's there was a couple of really good ones and then there have been a lot of really medium ones unfortunately media skewing medium to not great uh, going into the finale and this one was uh, I would say like a medium to not great there's just like a lot of elements that are happening the the William thing made me feel bad for William um, and the actor who plays William that that was like he's basically just like a red shirt that they set up for like a, a season so that they could kill him like a sacrifice <laughs> must be made for the Supergirl finale sorry William and you're baking um but yeah, I mean, I thought like Jesse Rath's performance and and um, and Nicole Maine's performance in the, their scene was really good. And even though I didn't like the sister fight, I did uh, I did appreciate that like both of the actresses did a great job as they always do. It was just nice to have them in a scene together, even if they were yes. sniffing at each other. Uh, yeah, long. so it's been so long. Uh, so yeah, so this one wasn't wasn't a great one for me, honestly. I, I wanted to like it a lot more than I actually did like it. I'm still struggling to find a reason to really be invested and to care about what's happening. And I really disliked most of the characters in this episode. The only characters I really liked in this episode were Esme and William. Yeah. Esme and And William were, were, I would watch their baking show. I was, (laughs) I was in it with them. I was on their side. I really enjoyed their interaction. So I'm, I just, uh, I find that I don't, I'm not as like on the edge of my seat with everything. So it's, it's been tough for me to watch them. So I hope they do turn that, that corner, turn things around in the, the two part finale. The only problem is they don't have a lot of time. That's not a lot Mm -hmm. of time, especially Mm -mm. if the Legion of Superheroes does show up, there's going to be a lot of screen time for them and figuring out what they're doing. And then the brainy stuff is going to go into that. And I there's know. There's not I'm a lot of there's not a lot of Kara time that they can devote to, to the finale because they have to wrap up all that stuff. So it's a uh, it's a uh, I'm re- I'm gonna have to really uh, gather <laughs> some comfort food. 
during the finale because I will be stuffing my face. I'm just going to like watch the finale from under a pile of blankets just to to comfort me. (laughs) I'm going to buy a weighted blanket specifically for the finale just to calm me down. I'm just going to eat nothing but a big carton of ice cream is basically what's happening. Start at the beginning of the hour of the two hour finale. Get down to the bottom by the end. (laughs) Oh, that's that's what what is going to happen. So, uh, yeah. So I guess those are our thoughts about the episode, a truth or consequences, but let's find out, uh, what our listeners had to say about it. So we got a tweet from at frack tall inverter who said the last two seasons, I don't even know why the show is called Supergirl. I don't really see how the last episode is going to change that. They have given away all her parts to other characters. Her powers um, are not as powerful. William took her day job. Uh, Nia took her canon love interest. All she seems to do now is YouTube reactionaries to other people's arcs by smiling when something happens to them. And she's not really selling that. It just seems more like a cry for help how much this series lost her along the way. Also, she gets her butt handed to her in fights. Unfortunately, that has been happening a lot. This is, yeah, it's very true. Uh, at CM Gutierrez 74 said, as always, loved it. Jesse Rath was the MVP of the episode, but Brainy Nia's storyline broke my heart. Seeing the super friends having a great time at Alex and Kelly's bachelorette party was amazing, but I am bummed I wasn't invited to the party. Uh, R.I.P. William, nay. Nay. <laughs> <laughs> at uh, uh, Cars Onati, um, or Onotri, or Uh, said in terms of late final season Bachelor Bachelorette episodes, Smallville's fortune was way more fun and, you know, made me like everyone more instead of less. (laughs) I think that says it all. (laughs) Uh, Jose, uh, Uh, Jose, 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 uh, A. Rios, 1994, said a lot better than last week, but the writing is still off scene to scene. Called it last week that William was going to die. Hopefully more Cara next week, but doubtful. Uh, at K Kyle one said this show William (laughs) yeah yeah. (laughs) William is gone contrary to tropes characters can stay dead Uh, Alex needs to chill as a person who actually knows what Esme is going through getting cars input is a good thing Esme's tattoo moves since last week sure sure (laughs) although to some it just showed up enough lex i don't buy the love story at all lena being a semi-scientist but with her hair down i like i like (laughs) that listeners are tracking this i i will say i was surprised that there wasn't more witchery because she was wearing a big brooch she was i noticed down and i was like it's time it's time (laughs) for a poultice lena what are you doing science None of that. <laughs> it really threw my whole theory out, out of whack. Uh, they go on to say, did Supergirl say she could protect everyone at the party when this season has had her losing at every turn? Anyway, maybe one of the two final, uh, uh, may, anyway, maybe one of the final two episodes will be about Supergirl. Uh, Hoodonut, uh, at Hoodonut said, um, too much Lex Nixley, not enough Kara. Wardrobe makeup was A++++ at the party, <laughs> which is my favorite scene because they get to be regular people for once. 
Poor Will. Babysitters don't get signal watches. William's death seems pointless. The stakes were already high. Esme still got kidnapped. Uh, looks like they killed him to trigger Andrea's 11th hour redemption arc. It's a bad way to write him out and tone death after six, uh, six episode 612 discussing the importance of representation. And does it matter when Brainy leaves the present if he goes to the right time in the future? Yeah, I mean, he can always come back to the pat. Well, not if he has to go inside the big brain. I don't know how. I kind of feel like that's, I mean, I think that's a good point, right? Because I'm bad at time travel, and that's why I podcast about Legends of Tomorrow time travel. <laughs> but presumably, as long as he at some point, at some point, makes it to that point in the future and does his thing, they're all good. So, like, can he put it off for, like, kind of a while? Couldn't he put it off? Like, for a really long time? <laughs> well, I guess he's sort of putting it off now until Lex and Nixley are are. But I feel like he captured. could potentially put it off for years and years, just as long as he makes it to the specific time that he needs to get to. Maybe there's a timeline for when uh, this AI plague is going <laughs> to kill everyone or they something. Need, I would say they need to tell us what the rules of time travel are, but I don't want this show to tell me that. I don't trust the, the, the rules will change. The rules will change. It will They'll, be Calvin Ball. It's Calvin Ball. They'll do another crisis just to change the rules. I <laughs> don't trust them. Um, uh, at Laura Redenball said, uh, when your superhero layer becomes, becomes a crime scene, do you call the police? That's a really good question. <laughs> are they, are we going to watch them next week? Cause they just kind of like fold up William's body into a bag and like toss it into the pier. Cause they can't explain like why or how he died. <laughs> well, I guess Andrea has that recording of <laughs> yeah the video. Yeah. Are, okay. Okay. I have a lot of questions because aren't the police going to be, no, they don't exist. Never mind. It's okay. <laughs> Because what was your question? Because like, uh, wouldn't the police want to be at the crime scene? One to uh, get to get fingerprints and blood samples, blood DNA. Samples. Like, aren't they aren't they gonna need to to see that video that he sent Andrea? And like, I don't. I have like That's a lot of questions. evidence of the murder taking place and who killed him. It's yeah. It's I pretty important. It's pretty important. It feels pretty important. I don't know that. I don't know that they'll we'll, we'll come back to the tower and it'll be covered in crime scene tape next week. So no, it'll it'll go on. Um, what was that? What was that? Uh, TV show that uh showed up at Derek and Dana Channel Two's <laughs> on the air with Derek and Dana. They'll just, Derek and Dana. They'll just leak that information on Derek and Dana's morning show. And then the police don't even have to get involved. Exactly. Don't don't even worry about it, guys. Uh, <laughs> Laura goes on to say, did William list Mary, the pediatrician, as his person to contact in case of for- emergency with Catco HR? I forgot. Was she a pediatrician? I that's, don't remember I, yeah, that I think at all. I think that's right. Huh. She probably was. She's But she's an excellent baker. She lives in Canada. Don't worry about her. She's totally real. <laughs> and she's an excellent baker and she's a pediatrician. I'm glad we know so much about Mary. I I love Mary. Poor Mary. <laughs> do you think we'll see her in next week's episode? I so hope like, we see Do you see think Mary? that they cast a Mary? <laughs> <laughs> I want there to be a Mary so badly. I think I think for synergy's sake, uh, whoever they cast for Mary should be a, a former contestant on the Great British Bake Off. <laughs> <laughs> or what if they um what what if somebody asks about Mary and they're like she's 
she's uh she couldn't make it she just really couldn't make it she she's having travel restrictions something happened with her flight like <laughs> there's always some excuse to why mary can't be <laughs> but but williams in his will william put in here she is totally real so we know <laughs> we know that she exists <laughs> Oh, poor William. Uh, at Brooklyn underscore Biker said, Queller, Rovner, and the entire writing staff should never work in a creative capacity again, which is seems rough. That is a, a rough tweet. I understand that reaction because uh, it's based in frustration and anger. Uh, I, I get that because I'm also frustrated about the show. Uh, but I I think we should wish the writers well. Uh, maybe they don't need to work on a comic book show ever again, but I would not uh, say that they shouldn't have any work uh, in the future. And I also I've saw I saw some things on Twitter today and I just want to put it out there to people like don't don't harass these people like they're just right. They're just people like us. Don't don't harass them on Twitter. Don't send them hateful things. Just if if you need to get out some anger about the show. Send an email to supergirlradio.com. <laughs> tell us, tell us why you're upset. Yeah, you, know, you don't don't send it their way. Send it our way. It's a and, it's a much healthier way. That's that's why I didn't mind reading the tweet here because that's a healthy way to get that out. Get you know, it out. Just get just, it out. You know, put it, in, it put it in that feedback. Work it into a snap judgment. <laughs> just don't, let it go. Just <laughs> let it go into that snap judgment. Don't don't send the don't send that the to the writers' ways. Exactly. Um, and we yeah. also don't know how the sausage gets made, right? So we don't know how much each individual writer has a say in whatever episode that they're working on, whatever storyline, you know, unless the it's network the, could have intervened and they didn't have any means. uh and they didn't have any control over things. We don't know. They're DC characters, so maybe certain story decisions were nixed by DC. We just don't we don't know. Uh, we can only we can only judge what we see on our screens and and be happy or sad about it. But I don't think that we can know all of the effort or or what's going on behind the scenes. So it's fine. It's totally fine. Obviously, we are often very annoyed with stuff that happens. Director Bones, but. <laughs> But yes, I think I think you know keep it inside or share it with uh, with us. But yeah, maybe not I, to them directly. Yes, <laughs> I agree. Um, at Mark HBPWM said uh, they fridged William to further Andrea's storyline. Wait, what? Are we <laughs> worried about Andrea's character development now? <laughs> and there was like a lot of exclamation points. So I really like dragged out the now. Um, there's just a little over 90 minutes of show left after ads. Can't she just remain a caricature? On the other hand, letting her converse in Spanish was cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I would I would agree with that. Like they forgot about Andrea for like most of this season. Uh, besides just having her in the background being like the ratings uh, like they she can literally she's a she can literally like appear places and she has special powers. And I always forget because we never even see her. It seems weird to suddenly go like, oh, right, Andrea, we need to like service that storyline. Like, do you? And she still has more of an arc than Kara. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> she's she's had about. The, like 10 minutes of consecutive screen time this season, still better arc. <laughs> uh, at Kenny Crowley said, better episode of Supergirl, despite some inconsistencies with this final season. Hopefully the two-hour series finale next week will be amazing. Uh, at Valkyrie88, 
A said, I really didn't mind the episode overall. The Alex blow up was completely out of character. They couldn't figure out a rose tattoo that looks like the love totem suddenly appearing when they know the totems come back is suspicious. <laughs> uh, these episodes just feel like filler instead of trying to tell a compelling story. Brainy getting the shaft again bums me out. He was a lot more interesting when he had inhibitors. <laughs> Who knew getting your emotions made you completely monotone? Mm. Um, and at SL Fricky said, Hope. Horribly oversharing poetry exposure. <laughs> <laughs> Never let this die. I love it. Uh, sudden, <laughs> sudden amount of 31st century references in recent episodes equals Melissa in a gray wig as United Planets President Zor-El in the finale. I'd be into oh. that. All right. <laughs> Why not mention it? <laughs> Why not mention it before? Crisis. Shut up. I thought people were <laughs> only shot horses when they had broken legs. Oh. That was uncalled for. No, but uncalled that was good. Though. That was a solid <laughs> horse reference there. Uh, oh. The super horse reference. Love it. Uh, at mi uh, Miss or Mr. Ross Turpin. Maybe Troopin uh, or, or Mr. Aust Turpin um, said, I actually thought that was a really good episode. Love your podcast. I would also recommend Supergirl's Addict. They helped me figure out that I think Kara's arc this season is trying to bring all the pieces of herself together so she can finally be Kara Zor-El. I like that idea. Mm -hmm. I don't know how much of it I see personally <laughs> in the story, but Supergirl's Attic is a great podcast, and we've great interacted podcast. with those hosts and love them. They uh, we'll have to have them back on uh, at some point uh, to talk about uh, how we they should have them talk about the final season with us. Maybe they can like like talk us around. Yeah, talk, talk us into this was a really great season. Present your evidence. <laughs> Help us like it more, please. <laughs> <laughs> You're our but, only hope, Supergirl's Attic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but they're they're a great podcast and they do a good job. So I uh, highly recommend. Uh, at Vetti A said, I just wanted to offer a theory about Lex. I think he only convinced Nixley to fall in love with him so they could get the love totem. Ooh. Ooh. He did say he wouldn't betray her, though. I think. He, he did say or, that. Or he kind of alluded to it. With the, with the truth totem nearby, right? So that feels legit to me. Yeah, I don't think What's you can li lie with the truth totem. But still, if he did betray her, that would really like work into her overall story arc and give it make it even stronger in some ways. <laughs> he he would be great news for Nick Lee. <laughs> <laughs> he would become the, the you know the father somehow. Oh, that'd be weird though. He would become the father figure in the storyline. That 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 gets into a weird thing. Forget I even mentioned it. Now we're going down like a Freud rabbit hole yeah. here. <laughs> uh, and our last tweet is from at uh, Dougie448, uh, who said, two thoughts about this week's episode. A, I know it's the end of the series, but shooting William like that felt pretty dark for Supergirl. And B, they can't kill off William. He hasn't even turned into a horse yet. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all uh, for keeping the William comment uh theory alive and well uh i guess not alive anymore uh so much but uh but it's good to see that come back all right well we have an email from ryan who writes quote i wrote in during the beginning of season six but since the show came back i don't have time to watch the episodes before you podcast so i haven't had a chance to write in for a while however what is going on with the show recently has made me feel like i need to write in i understood the first seven episodes were bad they had to work around Melissa being on, being on maternity leave and COVID, and they worked with the hand they were dealt. Fine. Then Melissa came back, and those next five episodes, I believe, were amazing. It was what I knew the show could be. 
It had a plot that made sense and developed over multiple episodes. It worked on character development and it gave, uh, and it had a great villain with a goal that made sense. Supergirl gave me hope. I thought the writers had learned from the last season and they were committed to writing a great final season. Then they introduced the totems and everything went to S-H-I-T and in parentheses it says, sorry, I spelled <laughs> it out because I don't think we could swear. I mean, Love it. we could, I just would probably uh, bleep it and that you're just, <laughs> you're saving me editing trouble. So thank you for that. Uh, the episode, the uh, email from Ryan goes on to say, I understand that the TV seasons written during COVID in general were all poor. But for the last season of a show, which is coming off the worst season yet of the show, I would think that you would just try a little harder to really give the fans of the show they deserve. I know a lot of writers rooms worked over Zoom, but it feels like the Supergirl uh, writers used their Zoom meeting to set up the general things they wanted to happen in the episodes. And they would just figure it out as uh, out uh, the rest as they went along. My headcanon is that they created the block of seven episodes where Supergirl would be in the Phantom Zone, then decided they would use Nixley as the main villain, and they came up with the general idea of the totems. Then they placed the character moments they wanted to happen where they wanted them to happen. Kelly becomes guardian here. Nia reconnects with her sister here. Alex and Kelly get engaged here. I feel like that was planned out because those are... The plots that actually make sense and are good. <laughs> then, then they just say, okay, each episode writer can do what they want for the rest of the episode they are writing. And that is how they get inconsistent. I truly see no other way to explain what has happened since episode 13. It, it, it explains why the totem rules change and why the characters do things and then contradict themselves the next episode. They could have discussed in the writer's room how uh, how because Nixley came to our dimension through the Phantom Zone and not straight from the fifth dimension, that this is why saying her name backwards won't send her back. Yeah, they've never addressed why it's yeah. not possible. Uh, the, email, <laughs> the email goes on to say, uh, then a writer said to themselves, oh, Susie must have included that in her episode, so I don't need to explain it in here. But in actuality, Susie thought Jim was going to explain it in, the, in his episode, <laughs> I love so she never put it in hers. They just didn't talk to each other. To to me, Kelly became guardian, and then they all just stopped Nixley. No totems were ever involved. McGon brought them Esme so that Kelly never violated any ethics in her <laughs> job, and we learned where McGon went. And Supergirl went to the 31st century. So uh, this is this is I think this is Ryan Ryan's email. This is Ryan's perfect ending for <laughs> the show. Uh, Ryan goes on to say, "I apologize for my long email and frustrations, but I do love the show. I just wish it was better." I love the podcast and listening to you both so much. It is a truly a highlight of my week. I make sure I watch Supergirl before the much better Stargirl so I, so I can make sure I can listen to your podcast as soon as it drops. Thanks, Thank you for all that you do. And I can't wait to continue to listen to you both after the show is over because we all know leading up to the end will be a doozy, unquote. Well, uh, thank you, Ryan, for writing. I know it was uh, a long email, but it, it seems like you've uh, f maybe figured out the process. I don't know if we know exactly uh, how they wrote that. That would be interesting to me. How Susie they... and Jim just need to talk to each other. <laughs> that is a good question, though. I wish we could talk to somebody about how they had to craft the final season uh, in such a, a strange time as the COVID-19 pandemic. So that, that would be interesting to learn. Yeah, that would definitely be interesting. I would, I would love to know more about how the, how the COVID, you know, writing process went and like the, the zoom writers rooms and what, what the, uh, the pluses and minuses of that were. 
Um, so we got an email from Ricky who wrote in with some thoughts uh, saying, I just finished the episode and have to be honest. I'm quite shaken up to start off my thoughts. William did not deserve to die. All, All caps. All caps. <laughs> Uh, I've joked about him a lot these past two seasons, but he was a good man and died trying to protect Esme. I legitimately teared up. Uh, Stas Nair played his final scene beautifully, and it's a tragic thing that happened to his character. I read on Twitter that there are some fans who are happy that William died. This show, this show that promotes hope and optimism, does not need fans who cheer over a character's death who is good at heart. It's not okay. To, it's okay not to like his character. Blame the writers for that. Celebrating such a genuinely good person's death is honestly horrible. Now on to the other parts of the episode, hopefully more lighthearted. The first meeting, uh, the first meaningful Danvers sisters conversation we get in literally forever is an <laughs> argument and then like a bunch of crying emojis. <laughs> uh, if Brainy does have to leave, crying emoji. Can Nia take a stroll over to Legends? eyeball emoji (laughs) (laughs) hey i've been pitching it for a while yeah we would take her um william had to bake at least one more time before he left the show one single tear emoji uh (laughs) his poor off-screen girlfriend is gonna be devastated maybe she'll finally appear at the funeral because she's totally real (laughs) i I added that in i added that in (laughs) it's not part of the email Uh, I really hope Andrea has to deal with what just happened. Her reaction to the video literally brought so much emotion to me, and it's all her fault. Uh, Brainy and Nia dropped my mouse. Sorry, no, that was that was loud. That was a dramatic. (laughs) It was all her fault. (laughs) (laughs) Rebecca pounded the table in agreement. Uh, Brady and Nia dancing together, knowing they would have to say goodbye soon, broke me as well. I guess the CGI budget went to the uh, Ariana Grande and Lady Gaga song. Seriously, the CGI was atrocious this episode. And parts of it were not good. No. Not great. Uh, all <laughs> 10 series regulars were in this episode. Neat. Overall, this episode was a lot sadder than I thought it was, but typing it all out made me sadder. This was also the single, the final single airing episode of the series, and now I'm sadder. Hopefully, the Super Friends get justice for William in the two-hour series finale next week. I hope you both enjoy it. We hope that, too. <laughs> <laughs> also, 10 series regulars? I've never... Oh, my God. Really? I've never counted. That's a lot. Most shows only have like six. Yeah. Ten, ten, is, ten is a lot. Ten is a lot. Uh, Emma sent us an email writing, quote, it's the pseudo penultimate episode or at least the penultimate night of Supergirl airing. If only I could feel more hyped. Alex and Kara finally got a few scenes together and I like how the show touched a little on intersectionality in a more subtle way with the discussion of not wanting Esme to feel othered, something Kara, Alex, and Kelly can all relate to in various ways. I personally thought Alex's initial reaction to Kara trying to give advice seemed a little off, but at least she apologized for it and compared... Uh, and compared to other instances of character assassination we've seen this season, it was barely a blip. Lena continues to smother Morgan's hair theory by no. doing science <laughs> with her with her hair loose and free. Come on, writers. Can't, can't at least one thing be consistent? Seriously, give me this. <laughs> I'm surprised they actually killed William off, and I feel kind of guilty for feeling nothing, nothing about his death. He was just so... I just didn't care about him. My biggest reaction was yelling, tell the camera that Lex Luthor killed you. It's a, <laughs> it's a dying declaration, one of the exceptions to hearsay, so it can be used in court. Yes. Uh, <laughs> le- legal consultants, can you verify that? 
we need to verify that. Uh, the email goes on to say, I know Lex's voice was on the video, but I don't think he was actually in the frame. I think his legs might have been. But that might be a stretch for like Lex's defense, which is like, that dude just sounds like me. Well, and his voice was probably on there as well. And I think he was probably on video at one point. Maybe. Okay, maybe. He was probably in the video. You you have to hope that he was in the video or else Lex Luthor's defense is just going to be like, sorry, a lot of people sound exactly like me. And it, could be a, <laughs> it could be a deep fake. Uh, so, it could be a deep fake. <laughs> you know Everyone I mean. knows I love these pants. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the email continues. The finale is next week, and I wish I felt more excited. Monel is coming back, grown, which automatically decrease, decreases my excitement levels. I don't know that they've officially said that. That <laughs> might be a little bit of a spoiler for people. I'm sorry if we. Is it? Just... I thought I thought he popped up in the in the preview, but I might be did, wrong. Did he? I can't remember. Um, I thought I saw James in the preview. Oh. But I did could I, be wrong about that. Did I, too. like, hallucinate a trailer? Maybe, maybe I didn't pay attention to it very quick. Uh, it went <laughs> it by was so all, fast. Like, really fast yeah. flashes. But no, I now, that, now that you mentioned that, I am thinking back to it. I think I do remember seeing uh, James on there. Uh, alas, dear Supergirl show, you flew onto my screen with an infectious smile and brought hope for a spectacular female lead superhero show. And now you leave me with a weird taste in my mouth and a feeling <laughs> of disconnected ennui and disappointment. <laughs> I can't wait to hear your guys' thoughts. These past few weeks, I've been more excited about the podcast than the actual show, which saddens me. You guys are great, but I want to be excited for Supergirl, unquote. Yeah, I don't take any offense to that. No, no. You should be more excited about the show. The show should be like the number one, and then we should be like <laughs> number two. I mean, just right up there. So like like neck and neck, really. But <laughs> the show should win by a hair, I think. At this point. <laughs> uh, so Daryl wrote in to say, our first solo Kara and Alex scene since the episode Welcome Back, Kara, and the writers have them fighting. Alex has just started her parenting journey, and she acts like she knows it all already. Learn to take advice. Um, for all these seasons, she barely says a word about wanting to be a parent, except for a rare episode here and there. Now that her own sister is trying to help, she jumps down her throat. Has anyone told Alex it takes a village to raise a child? Uh, when Nixley was asking Lex why he has all those things just to hide them away, my mind immediately went to the fact that Superman does the same thing in his fortress. That's true. That's true. Um, where is Eliza's invite to this party? I guess you don't want to invite your mom to your bachelorette party, although that looks yeah. like a pretty tame bachelorette party that her mom could have went to. <laughs> now, she doesn't show up to the wedding. Then that'll it's a be problem. more questionable. Yeah. I, th I think Alex and Kelly were planning on getting a little crunked at that party before, <laughs> before everything they, went sideways. They, so they, start, they started pretty early. I know. Uh, uh, I called the apology scene. Alex apologizing because she is obviously wrong and Kara apologizing because she just has to feel guilty about everything. Is that Al's bar during the party scene? Just last week, they made a big deal about booking Al. So this week, it would make no sense to have it somewhere else. I don't think that was Al's bar, was it? Uh, where they had the party? Yeah, it was uh, some fancy place that Lena got them an uh, invite to. Hang on, let me um, let me figure out. I, I have that in my notes somewhere. Club Rialto. They were Ooh, in the VIP fancy. suite. Club, Club uh, Rialto. Yeah, they they were getting bottle service in the VIP suite. It was uh, some of that. <laughs> we don't know if Lena has money anymore. I but didn't she think certainly she did. has connections. Yeah, she still got those connections. 
everybody remembers Lena Luther. They were like, oh, that's right. You came to my child's birthday party in a ball gown. I remember you. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't be able to forget you. Exactly. Um, uh, the writers were doing the same thing with William that they did with Sam, making them super close, super fast to the friend group. So what ends up happening is that much more dramatic. Sam's reveal is rain, William's death. Both friendships develop as fast as they do just for dramatic purposes. Also, the person I felt bad for at the end of the episode was Mary. She just lost her new boyfriend. And she's totally real. Uh, <laughs> again, again, I added that in. Uh, next week is a two-hour finale, but only because they stuck two episodes in one night, not because they did anything truly epic like a two-hour single episode. They probably only did it that way so they could get to the Flash crossover that much sooner. I think that's actually probably that's true. probably true. <laughs> uh, so Naomi wrote in to share some thoughts, writing, quote, I have not been a faithful watcher of Supergirl since season three, but I always watch it from time to time. I mostly watch because of the podcast and it's such a bad treatment when the main character Kara is not given the main storyline and not even enough screen time. Kara is written just as someone with a superpower whose only intention is to defeat the bad guys and nothing more. And now we we only got sister interaction for a meaningless fight. And Kara was 100% right about Esme. Being a being alien is so much different the, uh, from being a member of the LGBTQ community. Esme has the power that could hurt people without wanting to, and Kara understands that. How can Alex compare her sexuality with someone hiding their superpowers? A child with a superpower can cause an accident while being out of the closet would not. Apparently, Kara is not even needed when her sister is raising an alien child. I really thought after season five, the writers will would learn from their mistakes and give all their energy in writing a good final season. It's sad seeing a good show turn to this, unquote. I know it, it feels like uh, everything's just such a bummer uh, in some of our discussion and some of the feedback, <laughs> but I kind of take solace and it's not just and, us. It's, it's it's not just it's not just me. Because sometimes I don't get to read the feedback until we start like reading it on the podcast. So sometimes I feel like a real Debbie Downer in our discussion portion, and then we get to the feedback, and I'm like, all right, well, at least it wasn't just me. Like at least it's not just me out there going like, eh, I didn't like that. Like yeah. other people are also not vibing with this season. But I think everybody is at least like hoping they stick the landing. We so just I think, all hope it so much. I I think there's something about Supergirl fans that we do. We do believe in, in in hope and that things can be better. And so, uh, hope you know, let's let's go into it and you know into next week with that kind of attitude. I think so. Um, so, Electra WWF sent us some thoughts about Brainy writing. I have some Brainy thoughts about this episode and what the writers have done with him in general. Let me start by saying Brainy is my favorite character outside of Kara. I was really happy when he took off his inhibitors and looked more like his comic book counterpart. And I do not want him to merge with the Big Brain and become non corporeal having said that uh, i think he needs to go back to the 31st century fully corporeal to continue his work with the legion and help save uh, uh kalu with an occasional visit to the 21st century to make guest appearances on the other shows as needed i also think brainy calling the super friends his family and saying he can't leave them didn't quite ring true it seems to erase that the legion were his family long before he came to the 21st century not to mention that his super friends family totally didn't notice that he got rebooted in season four the Legion would have noticed and automatically assumed the worst of him in the second half of season five when they should have given him the benefit of the doubt, especially after Kara had reassured him that his friends would always fight for him back in episode 
uh, 5'10". Don't even get me started on Brainy's line last week about how he was hesitant to contact the Legion because it might mess with the space-time continuum when he's dating the future t- his future teammate's ancestor. The show has That's still never <laughs> this show has still never addressed that elephant in the room. That's a really yeah, good point. Kind of they don't. They don't. In the future, they don't talk much about neural uh, neuronal uh, anymore. They did no. kind of at the very beginning <laughs> of Nia's story, but uh, not much now. Not so much now, I guess, because you don't. You don't want to answer that question. Just ignore <laughs> it. It is really away. just messing up the timeline, like left <laughs> and right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we have an email from Sophia who wrote, quote, hey, Supergirl Radio, and a little hand wave emoji. Hey, Sophia. Uh, it's <laughs> my first time writing to you, but I was listening to your podcast all season, and it has made it so much better. This episode made me so happy that the show is ending, and I think it's what the writers want us to think as well. I was totally devastated that William died, especially during the episode when he was such a sweetheart to Esme and mentioned the great British Bake Off. All I could think of is little Esme, who just lost one of her first friends, an idol. Uh, and in parentheses, it says maybe Nixley was stunning as always. The totem storyline is very confusing and it was nice seeing Nia and Brainy getting some screen time without the super suits and having a relationship. P.S. Rain on me was playing at the bachelorette party and I got so emotional because I'm a fan of Ariana Grande and it just meant a lot to me. End quote. Yeah, we'll have to put that on the Supergirl Radio Spotify playlist, which uh, we definitely have. We don't talk about it much. Uh, anymore, but uh, we do have that, so you can uh, go and subscribe to that. Uh, this email made me think about uh, what what's Esme thinking about all this? <laughs> this must be really actually pretty traumatizing for her. She gets kidnapped by strangers. Her one friend that uh, she bonded with uh, couldn't do anything to stop it, and she's separated from her moms now, and the only people who have really cared for her God. poor Esme. Poor I was Esme just kind of thinking about like her time, her perspective. That must be so scary for a little kid. I know, I know. I feel so bad for Esme, and that's why, like, when we're talking about the William stuff, it was like kind of gilding the lily. Like this poor little girl getting kidnapped is definitely stressful enough. Like we didn't need to kill a character to raise the stakes. Um, so Yvette wrote in with some thoughts saying, when I said I wanted the Danvers sisters to spend more time together, this wasn't what I was expecting. (laughs) (laughs) Alex has been a mom for a week, but she doesn't want to listen to advice from a woman who has the same life experiences as Esme. And I don't know what, how Alex can say things are better for aliens now when Esme's last foster family sent her away because she was an alien. Also, they sent her out to like protect them against like a pack of adults <laughs> yeah uh they were not good people not at all um uh i really hope the brainy goes back to the future plot is just set up to send brainy and nia to legends of tomorrow because otherwise it's really unnecessary to add this kind of angst to the final episodes uh, again legends would take them <laughs> uh, i didn't have a problem with the super friends taking a break uh, for an engagement party because Nixley didn't seem as big a threat as the previous big bads and none of them killed a main character. Having a character murdered so late in the game is just a quick way to give Kara more guilt and trauma, but they don't have to worry about following up because the show will be done. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think all of them should have more guilt and trauma. It shouldn't just be Kara, but I'm, I'm sure Kara. Certainly probably... Andrea. <laughs> yes, definitely. More so on Andrea. Uh, but I think Kara probably will take it pretty uh pretty hard if they choose to focus on uh Kara's feelings 
for the finale. <laughs> that would be nice, uh, but I'm not. Uh, I'm low expectations. Uh, Mark sent an email writing, quote, I'll start with the positives. Esme was adorable. As always, the bachelorette party looked like fun. Meanwhile, Brainy needs to go to the future to merge with the big brain, but wasn't there an AI virus in the future that could kill him, which is why he stayed in the 20, 21st century? That's 100% what happened, Mark. Uh, mm. Alex, <laughs> Alex blows up at Kara because... Kara had some life experiences she thought might be helpful. Uh, consider, too, Esme as a mimic, so her powers could be highly unpredictable. I can imagine that could be terrifying to a little kid. One last thought. The truth totem might have said uh, Lex was being truthful, but Lex was the paragon of truth. Mm. I hope the show actually makes that callback next week, and it turns out Lex has been playing Nixley. But is there anyone left on staff who cares about such things? <laughs> Next week, I hope they stick the landing somehow and at least give Kara a happy ending. Hard to believe it's almost done, a quote. Yeah, thanks for writing in with those thoughts, uh, Mark, because they really haven't mentioned the connection to the Paragons. But uh, but that would be uh, something if they did. I forgot about the Paragon thing. I mean, I remembered that it was almost exactly the totems. Yes. Um, because I was confused. But I forgot that Lex was the Paragon of Truth. So that's well, interesting. Well, did he steal it from? He stole it from a Brandon Rouse uh, Kingdom Come Superman. Yeah. So it really wasn't his to begin with. So I don't know if that could be a technicality or not. I don't know. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting stuff, though, yeah. if the writers remembered it. Uh, <laughs> so before we wrap up our feedback, we need to make some snap judgments. In the game of snap judgments, each person is presented with two options, but must only choose one. First instincts are recommended and explanations are unnecessary. Once again, uh, we've started a, a new genre of snap judgment. I scrolled down the snap judgments. I just want to warn people here that they are lengthy now because Anna has started her own, like her subgenre of snap judgment. <laughs> uh, like an, like uh, we have a lot of Anna esque snap judgment. She's a trendsetter, really. <laughs> They're getting a little more complicated. I don't know if we have to scale these, but like, I don't want to like curb people's creativity, but I don't know if we need to scale them back or not. <laughs> They're gonna they're gonna get a little complicated, so we'll we'll try them. And okay, just see how they work. We're all so. gonna do our best here. <laughs> is the thing. All right. So uh, our first snap judgment is from John. Uh, how do you want to see the series end? Car goes to the future with a still married Monel and becomes his mistress. Or we find <laughs> out, not that one. We find out that Car never left the Phantom Zone, and the Supergirl we have been following the whole back half of the season is a shape shifted. Megan. I'm picking that one. <laughs> that one's great. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not picking the one where she's Monel's mistress. No. But I do like the idea that we would get Supergirl, the Phantom Zone, and we get Megan. That's a win-win. It would answer the question, where's Megan been? <laughs> she's been here all along. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Okay. Uh, from CM Gutierrez 74, who had a better uh, rapport with children, William or Nixley? I'm going to say William because, again, I thought that whole scene was adorable when they were baking together. But I do like that Nixley uh, invited uh, Esme to have tea with her. I was like, I would actually take that, you know, I'd, I'd take her up on that if that I if I was in the <laughs> But I'm going to go William in this case. I'm going to go William, too, because I feel like uh, he was really teaching her some, like, 
advanced baking techniques. Like she wasn't just hanging out with William. She was learning. Yeah. And at some point she might've become a great British baker. Um, and so I feel like she's been stolen. Like, William's death has really stolen that from us all. So very well, sad his, his legacy lives on every That's time true. she bakes something. William. Every time her. she makes a roulade. <laughs> Um, okay, so we got some snap judgments from Emma. Um, the first snap judgment is, last week, you used your newfound power over the direction of season seven to sacrifice Alex and Lena in exchange for introducing director Bones, returning Cat Grant, and Cara getting to be the main character again. So be it, Supergirl Radio. <laughs> so be it. Uh-oh. <laughs> What's that supposed to mean, Emma? <laughs> All right. Uh, Lena and Alex have been captured by director Bones, but Kara has arrived just in time to save one of them for the drama. Assume Supercore has become canon. Uh, if Kara chooses to save Lena, Alex will be torn apart by vicious orcas. What? And the sounds of her screams will haunt Kara forever. If Kara chooses to save Alex, Lena will be eaten from the inside out by parasitic insects, and Kara will never be be able to close her eyes again without seeing the horrific images burned into her brain. Who do you have Kara save? And who do you have Kara let die? Okay. Uh, oh, God. I, this is like Emma. a this is a adventure <laughs> snap judgment. Uh, I, is. I'm going to have Kara save Alex because I I think that's I, I just would have Kara save Alex. I think to me, that's the more, the more important relationship uh, to Kara, or at least it used to be. Uh, so <laughs> I'm going to say uh, Kara save Alex. So uh, what would you say, Morgan? I really want Kara to save Alex, but I cannot deal with the idea of somebody being eaten from the inside out by parasitic insects. Yeah, that's not a great I have, like, a whole fear of like, whatever that specific thing is, I can't let that happen. And orcas, you know, are beautiful in their way. <laughs> uh, so sorry, Alex. <laughs> I gotta, I gotta save Lena. Okay. Just because the cause of death is way worse. <laughs> so I guess uh, for me, I chose. Uh, oh, this uh, is a choose your own adventure. Yeah, it's, a, it's a choose your own adventure. So I've got to go. I think I've got to go to Snap Judgment <laughs> okay. number two. If you choose to have Kara save Alex, go to Snap Judgment number two. But if you choose to have Alec, uh, Kara save Lena, go to Snap Judgment number three. So we're going to go to Snap Judgment number two for Rebecca. Okay. Okay. <laughs> this is kind of fun. Do you remember these all <laughs> choose your own adventure? Yeah, 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 yeah. I feel like this is what we're doing. Okay. <laughs> Kara chose to save Alex over Lena and the newish trauma has pushed her almost to the breaking point. She's inconsolable and Alex is guilt-ridden that her being alive means Kara has lost her soulmate. The sisters drift apart. Alex from guilt and Kara from her own grief. She's torn between wanting her sister close for comfort and having flashbacks to Lena's horrific death every time she looks at Alex. So. How shall Alex die? What? Wait, what? Wait, wait. Why is why is Alex dying? Wait, why is Alex dying? What? Emma, what are you doing? Oh, wait, are, okay. you just, are we killing off both of them? I, I guess so. <laughs> this seems brutal. Okay. Uh, so you have to pick how Alex is dying. Okay, these There's are my options. Always a lot of death in these snap judgments. And I like 
is everything okay with everybody? Is everybody here? okay? Is everybody okay? Do you need hugs? Like it's okay. We're all going to be okay here. I think as this, as it, we get closer to the finale, people are just losing it. <laughs> uh, all right, Rebecca, how does Alex die? Okay. She, Kara, and the super friends are battling their enemies, and Kara instinctively blocks a bullet meant for Nia, but the bullet ricochets off of her and strikes Alex instead, killing her just slowly enough that she has time to say goodbye. All while Kara sobs and apologizes and begs her not to leave her too. That's a pretty bad one. Or Esme and Kelly are kidnapped and placed in a death trap similar to Snap Judgment number one. Uh, Alex chooses to save Esme, but the guilt consumes her and she spirals into a deep depression as she searches for comfort at the bottom of a bottle. Jean has to take in a traumatized Esme lest she be tossed back into foster care. Kara isn't in any emotional state to take her in, and this loss furthers Alex's spiral of self-loathing and hopelessness. One night while on patrol, Kara hears Alex's heartbeat stutter to a stop. She flies to the apartment and finds Alex without a pulse. She takes her to the hospital, but but Alex cannot be fully revived and is declared brain dead. Now Kara must make the decision whether or not to unplug her. No, definitely not the Emma. The, the <laughs> second one. I think I would go. Uh, uh, Alex gets uh, struck by the bullet that ricochets off uh, Kara. That's at least, that's at least she gets more, a chance to say goodbye. <laughs> yeah, it's much more dramatic. It's an exciting scene. They have they have some last goodbyes and it's impactful for Kara. I don't like the idea that like Alex is brain dead and Kara has to make a tough decision. I don't like that's that's too that's too much for me. So I'm gonna go with the first one. Okay, so now we go to my snap judgment. <laughs> I like Emma. that we chose different ones just Emma. to see how this plays <laughs> I know. Out. I I didn't realize it was a choose your own adventure, but it worked out for us anyway. All right. Kara chose to save Lena over Alex, but now she's consumed by soul-crushing guilt and can't look little Esme in her sad, mournful eyes anymore. Lena herself can't bear to be around Kara or the super friends, believing to the depths of her soul that they, and Kara in particular, must hate her now and blame her for Alex's death. Lena spirals, breaking up with Kara and disappearing from public life. And now, for the second sacrifice, how will Lena die? I don't want to see why they have to die. You know what? You know why? I realized it as I was reading one of your snap judgments. Because last week, we chose to sacrifice Alex and Lena <gasps> oh, in exchange for introducing director Bones. <laughs> oh, I see. I see the, the connection here. So okay. now we have to kill them both off. Okay. Well, this worked out as a choose and adventure. Okay. How, <laughs> how will Lena die? Does she sink into such a deep depression that one night she decides to leap from the top of the old Elcorp building to her oh my death? Gosh. Oh my God. After first adorning herself with kryptonite to ensure Kara can't catch, save her, or even approach her remains. Oh, wow. All right, well, that's dark. I hope the next one is better. <laughs> it's not going to be. Or, <laughs> or does she retreat into the wilderness to do penance in so isolation where she's captured by cultists who sacrifice her to their dark god in a grisly ceremony of blood and bone? Oh. Kara hears her distant screams and races to save her, but she arrives too late. In her grief, she brutally decimates the cult. The last scene is her sobbing over Lena's remains, surrounded by dismembered corpses. Ooh. If you don't think I'm going cult, you know I'm going cult. <laughs> <laughs> this is an easy decision. It's an easy decision. <laughs> cult is oh, always boy. the choice. Always go cult. All right. So those were tough. <laughs> Actually, <d> disclaimer. <laughs> Never join a cult. Don't Stay join a cult. Stay away from cults. It's, it's we bad. do not. We do not encourage people to join cults. Don't join a cult. 
don't join a multi-level marketing scheme, you're not going to become a millionaire. I'm just <laughs> telling you that. Just helping you out, helping you out for free. All right. So our next snap judgments are from Ryan. First one, one sentence. Ryan, I like it. All right. End the show with season five <laughs> or end it with season six. This is not a great, this is maybe the toughest snap judgment we've ever had. <laughs> this is a harder snap judgment than it would seem on its surface, isn't it? <laughs> hmm. Well, <laughs> season six had the young Danvers sisters. It had the Phantom Zone. It had Mixie yes. popping up. Uh, Kelly became Guardian. Yes, we did get some good stuff. So there's some elements that have been good. <laughs> season five, though, hmm, not oh, not much. Five. Oh, season five. Uh, hmm. season five had there was Rama Khan. Oh, there was Ra oh, okay. Rama Khan. Oh, okay. Wine. Okay, there was <laughs> Rama Khan, and there was five. Hope. But that's about it, honestly. <laughs> yeah, and the hundredth episode, and then. The other episodes <laughs> of season five. For me, I think season six is good, outweighs the good of season five, although the Ramakan mention is a really strong selling point. <laughs> uh, I, I guess I would have to say season six. <sighs> this is a really tough one because I feel like if you go out on the season five finale, you spend forever wondering. Who is Leviathan? And you <laughs> who's don't the head of Leviathan. Who's the head of Leviathan? You don't get the the closure of it doesn't matter. No one cares uh, <laughs> that you bought in season six. <laughs> you might have thought it mattered. You might have been led to believe it would matter, and you would be wrong, <laughs> like we were wrong. <laughs> we hoped for so many things, Ryan. So many things. So I'm also going to go season six because. I mean, there are some redeemable parts of this season, and I haven't heard anything about IT tickets re recently <laughs> or product launches. And and that, I think, is great uh, in my superhero TV show. <laughs> so I actually kind of forgot about the VR stuff. <laughs> you mentioned so bad. <laughs> <sighs> oh. Okay. Um, okay. Next nap judgment. Have the show continue the way it's going and end with Supergirl go doing almost nothing in her own show mm. or have a great final episode of the show, but Kara has to sacrifice herself in it and she dies. Well, I want to go with a great final episode <laughs> and Kara having something to do, even if she has to die, like I'd be willing to go with that story if she gets something good and like a good noble sacrifice in the end. I would be okay with that. Yeah, you know, at this point, I would I would take a good episode, I think, even though obviously I don't want Supergirl to die. But like she does, like if it's in some impactful way that has to do with her journey as a character, I could be OK with that. I could be OK with that. I think it was it's better than just kind of limping just sort of limping <laughs> the out. The door. Yeah, <laughs> just bye. Uh, OK, last snap judgment from Ryan. We get a truly epic uh, season six finale, which introduces which introduces everything you've ever wanted on the show: Comet, the Super Horse, Snapper Car, Snapping, Director Bones, Supergirl as a soap opera star, mm. all of it. 
that you both get to podcast on, but you have to end the podcast following the final episode forever. Or you get this junky season, <laughs> but can get to continue doing the podcast as long as you both want to. Oh, mm. that is not fair. That's uh, not fair. I, you know, I, I think actually some of our better episodes of the podcast are the ones where we really didn't like an episode. <laughs> That's true. So I think I would rather take the junky season, but continuing to do the podcast. I'm going to go the same direction. I think that like sometimes the podcast really comes alive when you're angry. <laughs> we're so angry about how things are going on the show. And Wait, uh, I think it would be boring if it was just like, this is the greatest show that great has ever, <laughs> this is, this is ever aired. There would be such short episodes. They'd be like, it was great. And then the, the closing credits would start playing. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe we should be thanking the show that we have so much to complain about all the time. Um, uh, okay. So our last set of snap judgments are from Anna. So uh, her first snap judgment. What is funnier? Supergirl could time travel to save William, but she probably won't because she only time travels to try to save her friendship with Lena. Or William decided to traumatize Andrea by filming his own death instead of calling 911. This is actually a good point because she did time travel. Uh, Car time traveled after everyone she knew was killed by rain. That's true. So she has been known to do that in the past. There is president for that. I am actually going to say it's pretty hilarious that uh, in in a in a sad way, like and uh, maybe kind of a trolley way that uh, William sent that video to Andre. Like, <laughs> look what you've done. Oh. Look what you did to me. Hope you enjoyed that cover. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed whatever, you know, ratings you're in now or ranking list that you're in now. I hope it was <laughs> worth it. Yeah, I'm going to give it to to that one too. Like not even instead of calling 911, like he knows somebody who knows Supergirl who could get there like instantly and still he's like send this video to Andrea. Boy, she's going to hear it now. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, I do. You, we all know that I love a little pettiness. And I, I mean, if you're going to go out, go out a little bit petty, <laughs> I think, is, is a solution. Uh, okay. Uh, Anna's next snap judgment. What should be on William's headstone created by William's girlfriend, who is still mad that he had his phone but didn't message her goodbye? Mm. Okay. He merrily watched a tot that barely fought, got shot, and will forever rot. I mean, good. that was pretty good. That's like Lex Luthor poetry, at least. <laughs> uh, or, ooh, this one's this one's fighting words. Here, <laughs> here lies a subpar baker. May his remains deflate like a badly made souffle. <laughs> <laughs> I like the rhyming one. He merely watched the tot, then barely fought, got shot, and will forever run. That's, I, think, I, I think that explains it all. I think it's uh, really just hammering it home. You you see that headstone in the future and you go, I know exactly what happened. <laughs> <laughs> However, we know that what they bonded over, him and his totally real girlfriend from Canada who exists, mm -hmm. was baking. And so to, to really ride this baking out into the sunset, to finally give <laughs> William one last baking hurrah because it's the only character trait that they were decided to invest in for him this season i'm going with the with the baking one uh here lies a subpar baker 
may his remains deflate like a badly made souffle because i feel like that one is like that one's brutal that yeah. one is br- that there's no coming back from that one that's <laughs> you read that and you're like someone was mad Ugh. yeah and he was a great baker Poor William. He was so good at it. He was Stop so giving good him a hard at it. Time. Paul Hollywood would have given him a handshake, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The last snap judgment from Anna. And I think it's going to get weird. <laughs> so let's prepare ourselves. Last week on Supergirl Radio, you worked to help your daughter, Fleur de Lis, heal from her trauma. She now has a friend in her ninth grade class, and the two become inseparable. Their dynamic is a bit like Lena and Kara. And while Rebecca is confident that they are just friends, Morgan is starting to wonder if there is romance brewing. Life is good, but you do hear reports on the news of high schoolers who have mysteriously vanished. Uh, Oh, no. Fleur. All students who have coincidentally been bullying your daughter's friend. Uh Uh-oh. Fleur. No. (laughs) One freezing snowy and early monday morning you awaken to get ready to drive fleur to school when you see an elderly woman clutching a cane in your kitchen it's your youngest daughter isabelle uh, <laughs> or it might be oh. isabelle isabelle uh fleur de Lise rushes past you and embraces her as she explains that she spent all her life trying to dec- decode fleur de Lise's time travel design notes and has finally succeeded as you are processing this you suddenly hear your window smash and in crawls your co-host having just broken in she's covered in glass and snow Ugh. clutching a suitcase Joyous news. I have just learned I am descended from Vince- Vincent, your son. I am your great, 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 and more granddaughter. Wait, what? Hang, wait, hang on. We're related wait, now? Wait, <laughs> hang on. So let me, let me make sure I understand this. So, so Fleur is totally Fleur. killing the people in her class. That is established, right? <laughs> I don't know. She's assassinating the people who are mean or is it to her, her friend? Is it her friend doing it? Oh, that now that would be a twist. She was like, finally, I, I'm in a really good, healthy place. And I don't know why I'm just bonding with this girl. I feel like she knows me. I feel like we are in some way alike. And the girl's like, like <laughs> killing people. Okay. So, so for example, I'm I'm crawling in. Through, You're crawling in through glass. Through glass. I don't know why you didn't just come in the front door. You're invited. <laughs> I feel like I could have found a better way to come in. You probably could have. It's a little rude. But now I'm your great 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 and more granddaughter. <laughs> y- yes, it appears that way. We are related in this scenario. Okay, so it's getting twisty. It's getting twisty. But, okay, but I'm but I but I'm the. Why old didn't you lady. just call me? <laughs> but I, but I'm an old lady with a cane. Wait, yes? no, no. The old lady with the cane is our other daughter, Isabeau. Isabeau, who has finally deciphered Fleur. See, Fleur de Lis was precocious. She was a child genius. Yes, uh, and Isabeau, Isabeau figured not so out much. the time travel machine. Yes, but it took her a really long time. So Isabeau, now she's old. Isabeau was a little bit of a dummy. Like. We, <laughs> There was a reason we liked Fleur better, let's be honest. <laughs> uh, so so we're having a family reunion. You crash in through the window. Again, could have texted, walked in the door. You're always welcome. Uh, you crash in dramatically. We're related. <laughs> okay. 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 We haven't gotten to the snap judgment yet, by the way. This is just, this just is po- set up. storytelling. This is just <laughs> storytelling. <laughs> um, what do you do next? 
Let both your co-host and Isabeau live with you since a famille means family and family means no one gets left behind or forgotten. Or tell them you only want Fleur de Lis and send your co-host and Isabeau back out into the snowstorm and watch your co-host steal your keys and drive away in your car and watch Isabeau struggle to walk on the icy ground in her thin jaw, her head lowered in sadness as the snow engulfs her with Fleur de Lis sobbing in the open doorway, screaming out for her sister, Isabeau! <laughs> and it's some flavor at the end. Uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, to me, this is an easy one. I'm not yeah. that bad of a person. Like, you guys can stay with me. You have your own home. I don't know that you need that. <laughs> also, I don't want to send you into a snowstorm and then yeah. send, uh, is is it Isabeau, like this old lady walking on an icy ground? I'm not doing that. No, that seems, that seems cruel. No, I'm not doing any of that. <laughs> yeah, I, I can welcome some people into my house. That's fine. I'm, I'm, I'm welcoming. So I'm we going to choose that. that one. Yeah, the first yeah, one. Yeah, come on in. Come on in. It's not, it's not a big home I have here, but I don't know. I guess I got, I let Fleur Delise in and either her or her girlfriend are totally killing people. And <laughs> maybe it's good to have a, a couple extra people it might, might be good to have some extra eyes and <laughs> some like witnesses safety, and safety in numbers safety in numbers <laughs> maybe she can't sneak out to do those assassinations at night if she's with her sister Isabeau having <laughs> to care to the poor old lady who finally made it um and then I see one snap in the chat from Tiana who says you're a super villain and you need a sidekick do you pick Mitch or Otis Graves oh this is a good one this is a good one. Otis hmm. actually seems... Otis is a real... He's a big dummy. He's but, so dumb, yeah. But he seems to come through for Lex when Lex needs him to. Mitch, I don't know. I, don't, I mean, Mitch can fix things and he can fly the ship and everything. But I think if you're looking for somebody who's going to be in on your evil schemes and like <laughs> really be loyal to you, I'm, I'm going Otis. Yeah, see, I'm going to go in the opposite direction. Oh, because okay. While Otis is great about being loyal. Mitch is a little bit more fun, I think. Like Mitch is, <laughs> Mitch is going to sit around with me and like and like have a beer, and we're going to like like talk talk about people. We're going to gossip about people. He's going to be like, you would not believe what I heard about Lex Luthor, and I'm like, oh my god, girl, you know. <laughs> and also, I think Mitch occasionally gives some good advice. You know, he gave Nixley some solid advice. He was like. You, know, you you have to like let go of of things and and told her to like confront her past and things like that. So yeah, she, I mean, he seems pretty genuine for the most part. He seems like a pretty caring uh, a sidekick. So I feel like you you want somebody who's maybe not going to turn on you at any point. And Mitch doesn't seem doesn't seem like the type. Although Otis is probably not smart enough for it. So then yeah yeah no a uh, good choice. Uh, Nicole also gave us a snap judgment in the chat. Which will be more traumatic, the snap judgments next week or the actual <laughs> season six finale? It might be the snap judgments. I'm going to go snap judgments on this one. Who knows what's going to happen with Fleur de Lis next week? <laughs> we will have to be on our P's and Q's next week uh, to see what happens uh, if the Fleur de Lis saga continues. <laughs> it's, it's getting real weird now. Uh, so people are related. There's more murders happening. Uh, but I guess that's what we should be expecting out of a Fleur de Lis uh, narrative and, and taken to the next step. All right. So I think uh, that's it for Snap Judgments. We we had a lot this we week. We did. There, there, a, were, they were, there were some 
like complicated ones, I think. We had to follow a chart. Yeah, they weren't real snappy, but they were some judgments. <laughs> but they were. <laughs> no judgments on your snap judgments. All right, that is going to do it for our episode on the season six uh, episode titled Truth or Consequences. And uh, so thank you to everybody who joined us live to hang out and share your thoughts. Uh, now we will be getting to some DC TV uh, podcasts and Supergirl radio plugs. If you would like to contact Supergirl radio, you can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. You can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. If you'd like to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 678-718-7252. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl radio. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Podchaser, and Spotify, where we also have a Spotify playlist that includes music featured on and inspired by the CW Supergirl TV series. We are listed on DC's fan page, which you can find at dccomics.com slash dc-fans. If you like what we do, we encourage you to give us a rating and write us a review on Apple Podcasts. If you enjoy our Supergirl radio live streams, make sure to subscribe to the DC TV Podcast YouTube channel and hit that notification bell to get notified when we go live and wired dc tv podcast also has a t public store so if you are in need of new dc tv related t-shirts tank tops sweatshirts onesies mugs notebooks pillows or stickers go to supergirlradio.com and click on the t public store link at the top of the page supergirl radio is part of the dc tv podcast network so if you also like the flash legends of tomorrow black lightning Titans, Doom Patrol, Batwoman, Stargirl, Superman and Lois, and the upcoming Green Lantern, Justice League Dark, and Strange Adventure Shows, and DC TV After Dark. You can subscribe to the DC TV Podcast Mega Feed on Apple Podcasts. Follow at DC TV Podcasts on Twitter and like DCTV Podcasts on Facebook, or else. This has been a message from Hope, inhabiting the Flash Vessel, also known as New Rachel. Uh, and speaking of the DCTV Podcast T Public Store, we have some DEO designs in the store. I thought that was fitting uh, to, to talk about the DEO design <laughs> since we were so excited at the beginning of this episode for the introduction of Mr. Bones on Stargirl. So definitely go check out the T Public Store if you need to represent the DEO uh, IRL in real life. <laughs> uh, and we'd like to thank our Legion of Super Sponsors for uh, supporting the Supergirl Radio Patreon. Uh, last I checked, that's Michael, Sam, Anne-Marie, Yvonne, Quinn, Jessica, Nicola, Leslie, Susan, Abby, Armgard, Miriam, Cherie, Donna, Nicole, Lizeth, and Anna. So thank you all for uh, supporting the Supergirl Radio Patreon. Uh, if you would like to continue to support us or if uh, you haven't supported us yet, but you want to, you can go to patreon.com slash Supergirl Radio. We have four monthly levels uh, that just give you a little behind the scenes and uh, some extra Supergirl Radio uh, content. So that's uh, good stuff. So if you, if you just want some more Supergirl Radio in addition to your free uh, weekly episodes that we do here, uh, go check us out at our Supergirl Radio Patreon. Nice. And as a reminder, we're still running our flat Supergirl photography contest, although the time is ticking to get those <laughs> entries in. Yeah, you only have oh. about a week left. 
Are we going until the finale or is it like after the finale? After the finale. So okay. like next Wednesday. So that would be the 10th, November 10th. You no, have no a, more submissions. <laughs> you have until November 10th uh, for submissions. You can still take Flat Supergirl around with you. I'm not going to yeah. stop you. I'm not going to yeah. take her out of your hand. <laughs> uh, but as a reminder of what the Flat Supergirl Photography Contest is, uh, to enter, you want to download and print the Flat Supergirl image, which you can find in our video description of the live stream in the show notes of the audio podcast or at the right-hand side of Supergirl Radio dot com you're going to cut out flat supergirl and then attach her with a tape or glue to a uh, popsicle stick a pen or a pencil and then take a creative picture with flat supergirl now this can be a selfie but it doesn't have to be you can take supergirl all around with you are you already planning your thanksgiving meal <laughs> and you want flat supergirl to help she can help she loves food take her to the grocery store and take a picture of her next to a box of donuts she would love that she would love those donuts <laughs> buy her those donuts she asked for those donuts why aren't you buying her those donuts uh, <laughs> and make sure that when you take the photos you post them to twitter instagram or facebook and tag at supergirl radio and don't forget to use the hashtag Supergirl Adventures. Yeah, we had some submissions come in. Uh, oh, a, a, notable, a, <laughs> a notable one came from at Theater Penguin 7, who is a real life zookeeper, uh, introducing <gasps> Flat Supergirl to the penguin at the zoo where oh. uh, uh, where uh, uh, this, this person works. So thank you for sharing uh, at the theater uh, penguin seven for um, sending these in. I really like the second one where the penguins <laughs> really be interested in flat super. The penguin's so into flat supergirl. This, well, this is the cutest one I've seen yet. Look this at that is, penguin. This is pretty good. The, the first picture says at first Rico, the penguin was skeptical of flat car and Rico really is separating. Like Rico, Rico is not into it in the first photo. No, but in the second one, uh, the caption says, but then he wanted to run away with her. And is it looks like there's a flat Supergirl in the, would you call that a beak, I guess? Uh, yeah, in, I think in, so. in the beak. Uh, so flat Supergirl uh, was was making friends with a penguin. And I appreciate that. I really, I really like those pictures. So thank you for sending those in. We also got some uh, Halloween submissions. Uh, Morgan took some pictures. <laughs> what, what's uh, what's this picture with the are those pumpkins lit up? Yeah, the, so they're rainbow pumpkins behind her, and they all say like "welcome" in different languages. Oh, cool! This was at the uh, I went up to Sleepy Hollow for the weekend last weekend. I will have some more fun flood Supergirl images that I forgot to post, but uh, <laughs> this was at it's called the Pumpkin Blaze, and it is insane. It's basically like they carve a bunch of pumpkins and they put them in all these different crazy shapes. Like there was a uh, there was a giant pumpkin spider web. There was a Tappan Zee bridge made of pumpkins. <laughs> Whoa. There was like a house of pumpkins. They had all the astrological signs made out of uh, pumpkins, carved pumpkins. It was, a, they had a museum of modern art pumpkin and then they had oh. like the Mona Lisa pumpkin. <laughs> wow. That's cool. I mean, it was, a, it was a flat Supergirl. Loved it. I, I asked her, I was like, <laughs> what do you think? She's like, I I'm loving this. Make sure that you take a picture of me in front of the rainbow one. That's my favorite. So we had to take it in front of her favorite one. <laughs> That's great. And uh, Donna also sent in one of 
uh, Flat Supergirl and Flat Alex uh, protecting the the uh, candy for the trick-or-treaters from a witch that was there. So love the extra added uh, attention to uh, adding a mask, like a domino mask for each of them to protect, <laughs> their, so uh, protect their secret identities. I also took a picture of Ooh. Flat Supergirl. Uh, but then I, I decided that I wanted to sort of jazz Whoa. it up a little bit. Like the picture was fine, but I wanted it to have like a Halloween flair. And I've uh, in one of my apps, I have a motion leap app is what it's called. And you can add smoke to it. And so I was like, yes, that's that's what I need to make it like creepy and have like a little Halloween vibe. Because it's it looked so like, cool. It looked like uh, kryptonite dust or like a kryptonite. It and so, uh, and that's so I, scary for her. It is scary for Supergirl. So I enjoyed uh, playing around with that. So definitely uh, send us some more uh, flat Supergirl images when you have them. All right. Well, I guess if you want to keep up with me, there's a couple ways to do it. You can check me out on Vero at, at Derby Kid. You can uh, follow me on Instagram at the Derby Kid. Uh, you can subscribe to my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash duckmilkprod. I've been trying to do live streams on Sundays at 4 p.m. Eastern, but I keep having conflicts at that time every week. So I may have to pick a different time when to do that because Sunday afternoons just seem to be really busy for me lately. So I may have to figure out another time to do that. Uh, but if you want to see any of my videos or my live stream content uh, over there, you can check me out on a YouTube and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Mojotastic. You can also find me as a co-host on DCTV After Dark, our annual podcast, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> we will be getting an episode out someday, I promise. Uh, and the Legends of Tomorrow podcast, where we just uh, talked about the 100th episode of Legends of Tomorrow. Somehow that show has had 100 episodes, and it seems uh, so wild to me. I remember when the show first premiered, we were like, hopefully it gets a season two. And here we are, seven seasons and 100 episodes later. So definitely check that out if you watch the show. If you don't watch the show, I think it's just a fun time anyway. You can still listen to the podcast. <laughs> it's still fine. listen. It's great. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's interesting to think about Legends of Tomorrow because they have shorter seasons usually, right? They do, yeah. Usually so like 16 at the most. So it takes them longer to get to the 100th episode. So It does, yeah. Yeah, so I appreciate that they've they've stuck it out. They've kept going until they reached reached that marker. So congratulations <laughs> to uh, Legends of Tomorrow and the Legends of Tomorrow podcast. That's a it's a big milestone to celebrate. All right, well, I think that's going to do it uh, for this episode of Supergirl Radio. But until next time, I'm still Rebecca Johnson, and I'm still Morgan Glennon. And remember, you have to seize the joy when you can. The CW are just trying to win the time slot war with Supergirl Radio. Supergirl Radio is going live every night of the week. How do you like it? Is being, becoming a human burrito a plus or a minus? I don't know. It does seem snug. I mean, they say you are what you eat. Oh, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> so I do a podcast called Supergirl Radio, and one of our segments is Lena Luther Boardroom or Ballroom. Because she looks like a boss in this coat. Nasty Luther, like a different Luther. It's not just Lena being mean. No. <laughs> Helen Slater here. It's so fun to know that you're hosting a podcast called Supergirl Radio. Yeah.